All right. Hey, good evening, everybody. <laughs> evening, Clay. Evening, John. Hey, guys. How's it going? Great. Really, really good. Uh, we got well, we got seven on board. We had some drop off. It looks like switch over to YouTube, but that's okay. Uh, it's not our normal night. So tell you what, we're going to start this off like we do every single episode, though, with the Second Amendment, while regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. And uh, yeah, to me, it's one of the most important amendments that we are blessed with today. So well, I, I had this up. Everybody didn't see it right here. Uh, we got Ultimate Outdoor Adventure TV. Uh, you can go to what Team UOA, I believe it is, dot com, right, John? Yep. Um, we don't have much of a website anymore just because of the way changes are. More going to Facebook and Instagram and stuff like that. Yeah, I noticed yep. you had just the links there. And uh, so, yeah, I went and grabbed a few pictures. Uh, let everybody know who you guys are. You got Kurt, Jason, and yourself. And looks like you had a pretty good pheasant harvest there somewhere. Yeah, that was uh, during an NDSU game. We ran out and um, got lucky and killed a few birds. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> awesome. Well, right. I'm going to let Jamie uh, kick this baby off, and we'll go from there. Yeah, so Clay and I got a segment every Friday on Mitchell in the morning, 5.50 a.m., and we did a, one of our segments that we covered was um, a guy who's got a hunting show. Uh, raised hunting, Mr. David Holder, and he said something about crossbows and, and crossbow season, and Clay and I kind of went after him about that. John got in touch with me, um, figured we were a little hard on him about it, and said we should maybe do a podcast about that and hit on I mean, crossbows uh, being considered for archery season or, or not considered, which um, um, Holder said on his podcast, absolutely not. You all want to go on record and say crossbows have no business being in archery season, which I disagree with and clay but um, hey we're more than happy to have john on we're friends we're gonna have a little discussion about that and and later in the show i'm sure we're gonna get into some other deer talk but we're gonna hit off that right off the bat and uh john you want to start us off on on this thing here sure i'm gonna i'm gonna cough here for a second i drank something <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i'm gonna put in a shameless plug uh, this brought to you tonight by Lauer auto repair one of our founding sponsors want to thank axe and the boys down there 309 south washington street you can get a hold of them at 701 Two five eight six three zero eight Lauer Auto Repair. You know those guys down at Lauer. Um, I don't know if any of the original guys are down there, but Keith. And, He's still uh, there. Yep, Keith's still so part owner. My GMC. He put. <laughs> yeah, he put that thing back together more than once for me. <laughs> yeah. That's where we took all our machinery to get done. They yeah. do fantastic work, yep. and uh, yeah. So and we're happy to hear there's guys going in saying they hear it here. So yeah, we we just like to support guys that support us and. Absolutely. That's the only place to go. I used to actually bowl against Keith. He's a hell of a bowler. That guy still got yeah. some guns on him, too. So Yeah, yeah they were tough guys. They were doing a good job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. so the other the other night, I was um, I, I actually didn't catch a podcast right away. Someone just texted to me and said it, so I, I went back and listened to it. And I, I text Jamie because I'm, I'm a pretty uh, protective guy with all my friends because Jamie's a friend of mine, and, and again, I, we're, we all – Sometimes I think um, jump on bandwagons, whether it's what we stand for, what we're against. And I think sometimes we're a little hard. And I told I told Jamie, I said, man, you're pretty tough on it. And and I understand where Jamie's coming from. And I've known David now. I met David Holder and the Holder family probably 14 years ago at the archery trade show. And David is a super passionate bow hunter. Yep. Um, and he when I listen to what you said about him, I think it's one of those deals. A guy listens to a podcast 
and you pull out, it's kind of like the spin on things. It's like you pull out one thing they say, and it kind of dictates what you think about them. And I'm just here to tell you that um, David is one of the most passionate guys about hunting all around. And if you re-listen to the podcast, he believes exactly how I do. And it's like, he doesn't hate crossbows. I don't hate crossbows, but I don't want them um, or feel that they should be in the archery season. And David maybe didn't <clears throat> explain himself on some of the stuff. Um, it's again, he believes like I do that if you are injured, um, Jamie, and I think the reason you shoot a crossbow is because you had some kind of injury or something, right? Boy, I've had many, many wrist surgeries and I tore my uh, ro right rotator cuff twice right. within a year, actually. Right. That sucked, and, but sure. <laughs> and so a guy doesn't want to take that away from anybody. And we were just talking about it. I was down to Shields talking to some of the guys and um, there's a guy looking at a crossbow and he had just had shoulder you know, replacement. Well, I have another friend here in North Dakota. He's 75 years old and he's been a bull hunter his whole life. They won't give him a permit because they say that it's not due to an injury. You know, it's not like your shoulder, which I was a little disappointed because that is disappointing. Right. And when I look at things, um, the spin I have on it. And again, like I said, David is, you know, I started with David, you know, 12 years ago with raised at full draw, bringing kids in the uh, archery hunting and trying to get kids to bow hunt. So like I said, David is a stand-up guy. He's not, he, when, when he talked about like with his sponsors and things like that, he's got sponsors. And again, he's not against, matter of fact, they said, if you would like, they would come on your podcast. Now, yeah, I'd love to. That'd know, be great. I had talked to his son Easton. And, and again, they, I think they're doing a good job on their podcast, getting things out. And they, they're hitting some controversial things. And like they said, they knew they were going to get hammered on because there's mm -hmm. people that are very, um, adamant and, and one of the things that happens with us i think as hunters is we're our own worst enemies um, because we oh, yeah. fight amongst each other oh and, i think you're right there john uh, no matter what the subject is as a group it's, i see it with the gun owners too uh we're our own worst enemy because we got so much infighting there's no doubt about that that's siri talking to me and you know and so <laughs> the thing that food for thought is what you know one of the things that i look at so with i'm selfish i you know there's no question about it i I love North Dakota. Um, I love that I get an archery tag um, and I get a gratis tag or I get a chance at drawing at a rifle tag mm -hmm. um, and I get a chance at drawing a, a muzzleloader tag. So, you know, there's been some years or I think it's happened one time twice in my life that I've had all three, um, which is nice. And one of the things we're starting to see in North Dakota is we're getting um, the rifle hunters complaining and bitching saying that they don't, they're not getting drawn and why did all archery guys get all the tags? And so you get that animosity going. And, and one of the things that I wanted Jamie and, and both of you guys to look at is, so I did some research on crossbows. And from what I gathered throughout the country, they're saying it's not making a big, a, a big deal with deer populations. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not devastating the states that have it during archery. Some of them have it. Um, there's a breakdown. It's like, you know, like 1% has it here. Um, 5% has it during part of their archery season. Um, and they're saying overall, it's not really affecting it, but the, this, there's only certain states that have kind of broken it down. And you look at Ohio, um, they have an average of 21% um, uh, with uh, success with a bow, and you go up to 28% with a crossbow. Uh, Missouri is success rate is average is 31. It goes to 35 with the crossbow. 
So Wisconsin, same thing. You're going up by five to 10% success rate on a crossbow. And I've always told people, I said, one of the, what's the one thing you hear when guys say, why don't they bow hunt? What do they say? Why? It's like, hey, why don't you bow hunt? What do they usually say? Well, you got, got to put the time in. Yeah, it takes it takes too much time, you know, because it, 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 you know what, you have to practice. Or travel and, to where you're going. I mean, that's right? a big thing for me, right. even though I have a land, so. You know, and so what I look at with everything is that, so you have a higher success rate. And when you look at these states, um, the crazy thing is that compared to North Dakota, so they're saying that in these other states, it's not making a difference. But the reason it's probably not making a difference is you're looking at Maryland, which is one of the states that was, they have a population of over 207,000 deer. Missouri has 1.4 million deer. Wisconsin has 1.6 million deer. Ohio has close to 800,000 deer. We have 135,000 deer, which is probably mm-hmm. down to about 70,000. Yeah, sorry, it's a little high now. So, probably right. <laughs> so one of the things as a bull hunter, when I think of this, is that so if our success rate right now, bull hunting in North Dakota is very high. It's like 38% success rate. So you jump that up to 50% um, when you add crossbows, even by 5%. Then we're going to be shooting 5,000 more deer. And then they're going to start looking at, they're already starting to look at a one tag system. And that scares me. And it's not that I don't want to take, I'm not trying to take anything away from anybody, but we already have opportunities for the youth at 12 years old, um, 13 years old to shoot does with the rifle early season. We have an opportunity to use your crossbow if you're disabled um, during the archery season. You can use it during the rifle season. So it's not like it's it's banned, but I think some of these, I think whether it's true or not, but in a state like ours, I think it could make a difference whether that one tag versus two tags. We're in like Ohio or places that have, you know, a, a million deer. There's just not enough people to make that big a difference. So I think when David's talking about it, they're protecting, you know, Iowa's got some of the best bow hunting in the world. Oh, hunting for sure. You know? Big time. And the reason they have great bow hunting is they don't have rifle hunting. They've got shotgun hunting. Um, and again, it's heavy like, treed up there anyways, and most of right. it. Right. And that's, it? that's a lot like uh, what parts of Minnesota are. It's got shotguns and that's right. it. A shotgun and archery. There's, there's only very few places that have rifle. Yeah. So I think, I think when you look at it, it's like, I'm not against crossbows. I just, you know, I'm a little bit selfish and I would like to keep our system the way it is. And I think the higher, and I think that's where you get into the baiting issue too. Um, because with baiting, that percent goes up and that's where some guys are against it because they're worried about if the percentage keep going, you know, keeps going up because like that video you sent me, Jamie, um, some of these kids, uh, can shoot at a hundred yards quite well. I can't, I can shoot to 50 yards. But like that kid that you sent me, that's Chris B. He's a he's a hell of an archer. Yeah, that guy's unbelievable. I mean, yeah. but, I mean, and literally. So, go we ahead. Do have, we do have a few questions coming in. Um, I'm going to put them up. I got one up here, and and then I'm going to piggyback off of this. Vance Bishop asked, if the object is to kill the animal and harvest the meat, what does it matter what you use and when? And I'm just going to piggyback onto that. Um, basically, to me, it's about the, the game and fish. Always tells us this is what about management, right? Which Right. I don't. I think it's pretty hard to manage wildlife. I mean, there's things you can do, but Mother Nature is going to be the best manager that there is. We found out. Than, yeah, other than private landowners. 
so I always look at it like this. Um, the one the one tag system does not scare me for the simple fact you can choose the season you want and choose the what you'd like to use. And you could probably give out more tags. It's probably going to increase uh, rates. You look at the archery rate, if you increase that with crossbow, that's meeting those management goals. Now, it might take away some of the other tags, either in archery, which archery never loses any tags, John, when you start cutting them out like they did this year. Rifle did. But yeah, archery because, never because, does. Right, because of the percentage. Because with a rifle, no. you're shooting 70% success rate. Well, and that goes back to the management. If we're trying to take out so many deer out of the herd, wouldn't you want to increase the places where you have the best rate of success? Um, yeah, I, I think I so. I mean, that's what they tell us it's about. They tell right. us it's about management. And based right. on that, that's the way I look at it. Yeah. And again, it depends on what you're looking at. You know, the game of fish may be saying one thing. I'm saying another thing. I'm my management goal is to have older deer, more deer, yeah. um, so that I can, you know, I well, love me too here, but yeah, and I love I love to hunt, and I know what people sometimes. Um, if the object is killing animal, harvest me. Okay, right. This is Vance's question. Yeah. I just piggyback. And, and really, it, it doesn't make a difference. It's just that again, it's like why not move the season out of the rut. I, I like that idea too. You know, but people are going to freak out because it's something we've always done. And when you have, when we've always had the opportunity, because I am a bow hunter, I'm a passionate bow hunter, but I love to rifle hunt. And if I had to give up one or the other, I would give up rifle hunting because I love to bow hunt. And I know like Montana, they, you know, what if we did like Montana? If someone asked me that, well, everybody gets a buck tag <laughs> and um, they only get one tag. Well, that's why just think if everybody in North Dakota got a buck tag, what would happen? Well, I would hate to see that. You're not yeah. having any bucks left. But I, I think, you know, and I look, I come from another state. I come from South Dakota where we always had the any deer South day. Dakota cowboy. Yeah, dang it. Anyway. You guys got the most lenient. Like I said, you can come out of there with six buck tags. I love that place. I mean, I and I used to look at that, and it used to kind of torque me off because of that, especially being like on my grandpa's place when there was no deer. And then you'd have guys show up with, like you said, five, six tags each. And then if they got the reservation tag on top of it, oh, my goodness. But we at least I always had the opportunity with the any deer tag at that time that if I didn't want to take a nice mature buck or I couldn't find one, I always had that opportunity to take a doe. And I've brought this up to game and fish mismanagement several times, but I cannot convince <laughs> any of them that that's a good idea. And to me, why wouldn't that be an option? Wouldn't that be also another tool for management? I mean, guys like me who I, yeah, I'm going to hunt for a big one. I'm like any other guy, but I'm telling you right now, if I can't find that nice mature buck, I'm gonna go. I would love to be able to just go take a big juicy doe off of the cornfield. I well, mean, Clay, <laughs> I would say from that because a lot of bow hunters and 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 David and his guys are saying I get they're passionate and they and they try to get in. I watched the show many times. I think they have a great show. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they're they're like, hey, we're it's like a spiritual journey. Okay, so then if we got all these extra doe tags, which we always do, especially oh, in three F two. Hey, let the bow let the bow guys have have at those and but but you know what's going to happen? They're not going to want that because they're they're going for the big bucks, man. And that's one of my points. If you guys are so passionate about it, get after them does. And if it's all about the experience and getting out there and doing that, why would you you know? I guarantee you, John, they'll turn their nose up at doe takes. No, nah, I want the buck, man. Well, that's what but I'm again, but the like for instance, the holders are are lucky because they can shoot. They shoot three and four does off there, so they don't have a you know, I have a 2,000 acre ranch. They have a 200 acre ranch in Iowa, you know, a 200 acre farm. Yeah. Um, so they shoot, they each get to shoot like three and four does where we used to get to do that. 
as a landowner. Um, you know, we have the extra tags left over. They, mm -hmm. and I'm not sure how their tag system goes. And that's one of the things I struggle with sometimes with our tag system is that we allocate deer tags to other people and it doesn't always go to some of the landowners. I'm not saying the landowners, but it's like you've got so many deer in your place and we let as many people as we can come and shoot deer. Um, but like you said, Clay, it'd be nice to be able if you didn't, you know, that's what's nice about that gratis tag is you can fill a dough. Right. If you want. Yeah, and I do. I, I get my gratis tag now. Now I'm in North Dakota and I'm a landowner. I, I take the gratis tag. And uh, of course, my son can get one as well. And he started hunting with me, which is fantastic. And it does give us that opportunity, and we do. There's many years I've shot a doe now because yeah. it just – I and manage I, this – I try to manage this place for the big deer, and it was going great till EHD comes through two years oh, ago. Well, but it, they're coming back. I'd be curious in the statistics John mentioned right away, if these guys were killing does or if they were killing bucks. I mean, is it states like that have, like you said, John, way more deer? And I, I don't know if that's a problem. I, even here, North Dakota is so much private land – I mean, if I moved to if I moved to Florida and bought a Skidoo snowmobile and there's nowhere for me to use it, what the hell good does it do me? I mean, you right. can buy a crossbow here, but if you can't hunt anywhere, it ain't gonna help you. And that and that's one of the things that did, I saw on one of the things I read is that like making them allowing them to use on um, private land. Um, you know, like someone said, dead is dead. You know, shoot them with a crossbow, shoot them with a, whatever. And it's like, again, I'm not against it, and I don't know if it would change things drastically. Um, you know, you know I, I think they just made them legal in Kansas, and I and Minnesota I they did too. Minnesota, and I think too. that when Kansas made them legal, it um, they got thirty five percent more um, applications. I'm so sure. that changes for the guy that's been bow hunting his whole life. All of a sudden, that's what pisses people off. Is all of a sudden, you know, and it's one yeah. of those deals. I always tell people, it's like I shoot my rifle probably three times a year. I'm not like you guys. Okay. Yeah, I'm shooting my That would be a lot cheaper if that's all I did. Right. But, but think about this. So you shoot your rifle three times a year. How many times you see me on TV miss a deer? And I show all my misses. Not right? many. Right. So, and I've made a couple where I've hit them in the leg and stuff. I take, you know, I the longest shot I've ever taken is 300 yards. I'm not a long range shooter. But again, so. I can sight that rifle in. I can give it to Jamie. He can go out and he's going to shoot and he's going to kill an animal. I was shooting prairie dogs at 800 yards with the 6.5 Creedmoor and I was just playing. I wasn't killing them all, but I know that every one I shot at would have been a dead deer. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right around me. You right. So you grab a compound bow and I sight that in. I give it to Jamie. He can't shoot it. Well, I'm going to disagree with you. I got a good story for you on that. But, you know, <laughs> like I said, most people are going to shoot them differently, but. If you if you set in a crossbow and you give a kid a crossbow and he goes out and I and I would say this with anybody because Jason shot a, a his crossbow at a he killed a in Wyoming because his shoulder was bad and he didn't get his bow set up so he shot a, a, a antelope and we got to shoot it in the yard well I picked it up and at forty yards I was hitting the bullseye and I had never shot one it took me one shot to kind of figure out this the, one right the, yep. I did that because the crossbow's sitting there. <laughs> yeah. No, and again, nice, Jason's, a nice goal. Jason's dad has shot um, crossbow, and Jason will be the first one to say it's not easier. You still got to do everything right. You still got to kill them, and they're a little bit louder, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. But I think a lot of this stuff I'm saying is the perception of crossbows is that most people, and like you get a raven that's shooting 400 feet per second. 
And that's probably even slow for a Raven, actually, right. John. Yeah, so you can shoot at 100 yards. And that guy that was shooting against Chris, um, be real. He if he had put a bog pog down, he'd have hit that bullseye every single time. Because I was impressive that that guy can freehand a crossbow and shoot as well as he did. I mean, Just, and I I got it. And it's one of the things I remember from the the, the podcast there, the, the holders. The one guy said, he said mm-hmm. he's, he shot his friend's crossbow twice, and he said he shot a three-inch group. I don't know if they're listening or going to listen, but I'll give you an offer right now. I will give you a crisp $100 bill if you can shoot a three-inch group offhand with a crossbow. There's no freaking way you did that, dude. If you did, uh, it was the luckiest group you ever shot. Yeah, he said he shot a three-inch group with his crossbow. No way. At 100 well, yards again, offhand? I, and no I don't way. know if I didn't listen that close if you said offhand. I, I said, did. With, he did. With, with a uh, – and I know that there was on their podcast, they were talking like 700 feet per second and 500. Well, he, did, <laughs> hey, he did correct himself, right? Because yeah, one of them said, I don't know. I don't know the name. I just know the dad's yeah. name. But the boys, and he did say, but he did correct himself. He looked up and said, no, that's that's not right. right. But the one guy said he shot he shot twice. He shot two groups. And he said he just picked it up. And at 100 yards, he shot a three-inch group. And I'm like, yeah. With hey, a three, so I'm not even a marksman, and I'm like, well, I'm a marksman, and there's no damn way I'm doing. Not that. only, not only that, Jamie, he said he did it with three power mag- magnification, and that he is not a marksman. Then he goes on and says that you shouldn't hurt hunt or uh, that he shouldn't even hunt in a rifle season, then possibly because he had just talked about how uh, if you aren't schooled in what you're using and if you're not proficient with it, you probably shouldn't be out there hunting. And you know. I listened to the whole podcast actually a couple times another time today. I did too, actually. I've got notes all the way around here. (laughs) I got I got a big list of them. So yeah, I mean, it it wasn't my my thing isn't that they're against crossbows. My thing is is kind of how they were talking about it, and the people who use them is what kind of chapped me and got my skinny ass. And and before we go on to that, I'm going to bring this up because we said we'd take questions. Jason says simple fix have its own season and. You know, I, I've had people say that. Why don't we just have a crossbow season to solve the problem? And I don't know if I want another season, but I guess it is. I mean, at least people are talking and have ideas. Um, yeah. When would a guy put it, though? You know, that's that's like, Yeah, that's that's what I mean. I think a lot of them have put them late season. It's kind of like the youth season. I, I'm, you know, and people can hammer me on this. I'm not a big fan of the youth season. I'm not. I'm I agree with you. I'm I like the guy I got that, to get the kids, but I'm not a fan of it either. I'm I'm the guy that I think that every kid should, you know, they get their tag, and if they wanna, if they like, if they're gonna do the youth 14 year old hunt for um, bucks, to me they should get a buck tag, and if they want to hunt early season, it should be a doe tag, and if they want to hunt a buck, then they should hunt in no, you know, in November with everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I agree. I don't think that. In today's world, I think that we think that by giving kids things easier, it makes them hooked on it. And I don't see that. I, no. I see that right. um, the kids that actually work at it have their parents that <clears throat> make them shoot a spike first. Because I treated my kids no different than I would cheat Jamie's or Clay's. That no one's coming into my place shooting the biggest deer, whether it walks out in front of you accidentally or not. Um, unless you are a guy that puts a lot of time into hunting. Um, mm-hmm. I want the kids yeah. to experience the hunt. I want them to go out, sit on a hill, see animals. They shoot a doe, come back to the cabin, clean it, have dinner, um, joke around, have that whole experience. And I think that TV and social media has changed it into all about shooting the biggest deer possible. And I've always made the analogy that it's like your first date being a Playboy model. What the hell? <laughs> you, know, you know, it's like you don't get to go anywhere with that. So, yeah. 
Big, big rap. I tell you what, <laughs> it looks like we're going to be going like an hour and a half. I'm not yeah. going to kid you, but I tell you what, let's do an extreme profits timeout. We're going to do that, and John, when we come back, I want you to, I want you to give your sponsors well, out too, so we know who's who's supporting and you. And then after that, let's go through some of the questions that are coming. Yeah, sounds Excellent. good. Right, let's hit it right now. We're going to do first one. The 701 is proud to be sponsored by Lauer Auto Repair, located at 309 South Washington Street in Bismarck, North Dakota. If you can't stop by, feel free to give them a call at 701-258-6308. Doug and the guys are ardent Second Amendment supporters and will always shoot straight with service and fair pricing. It's been a long winter with lots of snow, ice, and rough roads. So now's the time to get that alignment checked from the curb shots, potholes, and bumpy snow-covered roads. Summer will be here before you know it, so get that rig scheduled for an AC charge. Make sure and tell the guys at Lowry you heard the sponsored guns in the 701 and thank them for supporting and promoting our Second Amendment civil right. That's Lower Auto Repair, 309 South Washington Street, Bismarck, North Dakota, 701-258-6308. Your North Dakota proud, patriotic auto repair service. All right. Dan, why don't you give us some of your sponsors? Yeah, there. John, go for it. Oh, gosh. <clears throat> we got Cedric Thiel. You know, they've been Justin Thiel. They, those guys have been with us since ago. Um, it trusted tire and auto now it used to be tires plus Jared. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, again, I walked in and met him when I was, uh, first doing the show and he's been a sponsor, um, since the get go. Um, who else do we have? Riverside actually, tires plus real quick. Actually, he donated money to friends on the right too. So yeah, yes, it, it's super people, super, yeah. super people. Yep. Um, River city sports has been uh, with us since the get go. Um, those are three off the top that I want, you know, like yeah. I said, that have been with us. um, um, since a good go, but we have so many great sponsors, whether it's, you know, well, as you, you know, got shields with you too, John, or not? Yeah, shields has always been, we, you know, we used to be partnered with uh, the whole shields community, but now our local shields really just helps me out with our raised at full draw camp, but they've always been, all my friends are down there. I mean, like I've said, whether they sponsor us or not, all the guys down there, the gals down there have been yeah. just awesome. You know, good and I always people. tell people, I said, when you go to that next, um, ball game, look at, um, who sponsors the ballpark? Do you see Amazon? Do you see Dick's Sporting Goods or anybody like that? It's always the the, the Starian Banks, the, the you know the banks from our area, the Shields, the the Mandan Sporting Goods. It's like all the guys that are local support us, and so that's why I like to support local. Awesome. No, that's where we're at too. So we got a few guys. I'm gonna start right here. Yeah, let's get them play. Now, Jason Lutz chimed in again, and Amy says, yeah, in South Dakota, uh, you can't get a youth buck tag. And I guess I knew that, and that's good. Uh, and this kind of piggybacks off of Eric Newman. He goes, youth season should be doe only because you're trying to get them into hunting, and that's the way South Dakota is. And, and I agree with you, John. I, I've never liked the idea that they could take bucks because it, what's that teach them? I mean, shoot, if you shoot a monster buck of a lifetime your first time out, then what? And you didn't really probably put the time out. Let's face it. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind if you a nice one, but if there's a big one, I'm gonna like, eh, no. And not just that. Let's face it. If it if it happened, it's probably on private land with no pressure. Because at that age, I know right. when I first started taking my boys hunting, they didn't know I was teaching them, and they both shot does. And I I can tell you right now, by doing that, we weren't concentrating on that big buck. And then when my youngest came up and he was able to to hunt that that mentor type hunt, um. It was great to watch them too. I kind of hung back, and when the youngest one got his and dropped it uh, with his great grandfather's rifle, the same as my other son, my other son high fived him. They run over there, and I mean, you know what? That was better than dropping anything myself. Just watching that, <laughs> and that's what that's supposed to be about. That's how yeah. it's supposed to be. 
it is because I, I I've I've taken over the years um, I I can't even count the number of kids whether I was and going to the eye doctor the other day and a young man goes I don't know if you remember me but I shot my first turkey with you um, you know I've been doing this a long time and it's like it's not about it's not about how big they are. And I've taken a lot of kids doe hunting and I've taken some buck hunting, but I put a limit on 120 inch deer. I just say, it's going to be something I'm going to tell you. And I tell the dads right away. I said, if you're going to have a problem with this, you're going to have to find somewhere else to hunt. I said, I don't mean to be mean, but I said, I want it to be about the experience. And I have never had um, a young man or, or young lady shoot an animal that they were disappointed in, whether it was and most of the time, they wanted to shoot the first thing that came out, which again, yeah, I, I, to, I always tell the dads or the moms, I'm like, let the kid, if they want to shoot, if it's a spike, let them shoot it. Yeah. You know? and, that um, excitement's everything. Yeah. yeah. And then, like I said, I have, it's funny, down at our ranch, and my, my dad's been gone for 26 years. And in 26 years, we've had like two people ask to hunt on our place. Hmm. And, you know, and everybody says that no one lets them hunt. Well, I probably have had 20 kids hunt there and out of that 20, 18 of them were driving and trespassing or whatever. And I would stop and I'm always very polite because I know people get lost. I know people make mistakes and I kind of let them dictate it. And I'm like, Hey, can I help you? Are you guys lost? And it's like, yeah, you know, I'm just driving around. We're trying to find someplace to hunt with my, you know, my daughter or my son. And I'm like, well, I said, you saw those big signs back there. And I said, I just want you to know that. I said, there's a lot of ranchers that are not as probably as kind as I am. Um, but I said, you got to be careful. And I said, if you want to shoot a doe, I said, come back this evening and we'll set you on a hill. Mm-hmm. I want them to shoot a deer. I bring them back to the cabin, try to cook them dinner, do whatever I can to make it a good experience. Because what kind of experience is it driving down the road, jumping out and shooting um, yeah, a deer? I mean, that's why I quit deer hunting years ago, actually. Yeah, it's, it's not. It's not. Yeah. And so... You know, and again, I think that when we go back to everything, um, we're bringing youth into the into hunting, and and sometimes I struggle doing that because I don't think there's enough places for them to hunt. And what's happening, and and just in our area, when I tell people that, and they're like, "Well, it's because of the private land." And I said, "Yeah," but I said, the people around my place, you know, when I was a kid, there was us three boys hunting, and it was the three boys up here on the Tolman ranch. And there was three boys over here on the Schaefer ranch. Mm-hmm. Well, now they've all had kids and have friends. Now there's 12 here. There's 15 here and there's 10 on our mm-hmm. place. So there's really not a lot of room and we got to figure out ways in the hunting community um, through programs. And I've said that whether it be paying a, a excess fee of a hundred dollars a year that goes back to the private landowners that pays them enough money to open up their land because everybody's trying to make a living and it's hard to have a rancher open up his land for someone to hunt just to the public for $2 an acre or $3 an acre when someone will come in and pay them 10 or $15 an acre. And so we've got to come kind of figure out something because we're not making land anymore. Nope. Regardless of what people say, I think that there's getting less and less room to hunt, to try to draw trades. I don't think that we're losing hunters. I think we're losing Kind of like gradual or people that really don't hunt very hard, but there's getting to be more and more people that spend a lot more time in the field. So we, we've got to come up with some ideas how to to um, to make a little bit more access. But again, 
91% of all deer shot, white-tailed deer shot in the United States are shot on private land. And that Dang, tells I you know that much. That's crazy. a lot of really nice landowners out there. Yeah. Well, and I can tell you just from where I live here with uh, taxpayer-owned land that's just north of me, they'll circle that and they'll never stop in and ask. And, yeah. you know, it. now the, the few that do, I have let some on. I have not let some on. I have a series of questions I ask. And, yes, they're loaded as to get what – I want your belief system. I'm not going to if – you, if you go and stand against everything I stand for or you're not part of supporting the egg community, I'm not going to let you on. Not going to happen. Why on earth would I want to put them people on my land, especially if they don't if – they, if, they, if they're on the side that they want to destroy my, my way of living? No. If you, and if you roll in here the Ducks Unlimited sticker, don't ask. I'll tell everyone, don't even come. Those commie bastards are the ones – that pushed <laughs> measure five and they wanted to destroy things as far as I'm concerned. Well, and, so, and, and that's the way that's going to be with me. Yeah. And, and the sad thing about that clay is that I, I, you know, I listened to another podcast the other day. It was, um, we are hunters. Um, and they had, they had, uh, Stephen Rinaldi's brother, Dr. Matt Rinaldi. And the guy is like, he, he, you know, Stephen Rinaldi meat eater, you know, the guy is really pleasant to listen to his brother is like, just seems like he's pissed at the world. <laughs> yeah, I'm watching and, Eater. <laughs> and he um he brought up the he I want you to listen to this one. So he brought up so and what again I understand what he's saying, but I think most people don't understand how egg works in the farming community and the ranching community. So what he wants, what he said, how about that we tie um subsidies and um buyouts or you know like um Say that the, when that winter storm comes through and wipes out your herd of cattle and there's government payback to you, the only way you get that government payback is if you open up your land to hunters. <laughs> and, you know, he brought that up. And I'm like, to some people, they're probably thinking, well, that's a good idea. But I said, I don't know enough. I know enough about farming and ranching to be dangerous. But there's a reason, you know, Levi told me one time, because I, I get tired of people um, farming to fail. Um, and I see it where they, they don't do what they're supposed to do. They don't harm do the government and they don't care. Yep. Absolutely. It makes them a poor manager. Right. I, I'll just, I'll, I'm going to disclose right now. I take nothing on this place. Right. I, I participate in no government program yep. from any entity whatsoever. Right. And there's guys that I know, but I, I would have to say, and wouldn't you agree that it would be a small percentage of guys that don't take anything? Very small, very right. small. Most of them and, got their hand out there. Right. So when you had, you know, they get a million dollar COVID payment, you know, and it's like, I didn't quite understand that one, but I guess, <laughs> you know, I know. But, but again, there are, we don't want nothing but corporate farming, you know, and so if the small guy doesn't get bailed out once in a while, um, are we going to have nothing but corporate farming? So there's a lot that's tied into that. I understood what he was saying because it's kind of like when people were saying about you're getting a CRP payment. Why don't you open it up? I'm like, but you don't understand CRP payment. I said, the guy's got a fence and he's got a spray. And he's got to take care of it. I said, there's so much more goes into it. And I tell people all the time, I said, you got to quit biting the hand that feeds you. If you want to hunt on a guy's place. Yeah. Just like you said, roll up with a sticker that says I'm anti-farming, you know, or yeah, I'm not good. <laughs> or else you bash farmers Biden. online. I'm like, how are you going to hunt in a state that has 96% private land? I mean, I just think that you have to, you catch more flies with honey than you do vinegar. And it goes all the way around. There's good ranchers. Um, there's good hunters. There's bad um, ranchers and there's bad hunters. And it's like, you can't judge everybody 
on one person and you just got to be polite and um you know offer like i said people say the only reason i get to hunt is because i'm on tv well i haven't been on tv my whole life <laughs> yeah and, um, and even just because we own our land we we have access to a lot of property because my dad made those relationships when we were kids yeah we have followed, we you just hit on it you just hit on it it's the relationships yeah. i i didn't always have land to hunt i've hunted public land i've been all over i mean i've been out i've been all over hunting as well you know what? Everyone told me it was impossible to find private land in Wyoming. <laughs> I went, I spent a week out there and I had, I had like 10,000 acres I had access to just because I walked around or drove around to these places and, and made the effort to talk to them and, and build that relationship and trust. Nobody yeah. does that anymore. And no, I can yes. tell you one thing. I think these things have hurt that. Yeah. Um, people just don't interact with each other. That's part of it. Um, Yes, there's a lot of private land, and I, I can tell you that right now, there's especially with the property rights issue going on, uh, especially with posting, that didn't help anything. That didn't help anything at all, especially in Western North Dakota. And um, and I get, again, I can tell you, until that changes, it's always going to be a, a stress point on that. And you know what? I don't, I don't understand it because coming from states where my property – was my property. I didn't have to put a sign out there. You you couldn't come on the property without asking. No, it's I'm, just such a hey, I'm gonna get us back on topic here. Yeah. Guys. Hang on, I'm gonna get a question right up here. So <laughs> all right, Clayton. It, it, uh, we got a question here from Eric down in South Dakota. If crossbows are too much, where do you draw the line on compound bows? There are so many things on compound bows that edge your advantage compared to traditional bows. Where do you draw the line? Fair enough. And I, I'm gonna say you draw the line at that. That one is, like I said, one is shouldered like a rifle and one is drawn. And I would like to see that, you know, because I remember a gentleman that came here. There was a draw lock. So he was disabled. He still shot a bow, but you cocked it like a um, a crossbow. So then you still had to hold your bow and you still pulled your trigger, but there was a bar between it that held it at full draw. So it made it, you're still shooting your bow. You still had to do everything right. Where the crossbow... Again, you know, when the guys talk about, you know, back in the, you know, that 1500s or whatever, the reason they use those suckers and crank them up is because they are pretty, pretty lethal. And that's the thing with them is I think that you're able to aim them. And, you know, what about, what if a guy took your scope off your, your crossbow? Um, you know, maybe that would be something to look at that, you know, cause you're looking at, you know, kind of like a muzzle loader. What you if you got bad eyes and you can't see though? Yeah, but you put you, you put a nine power cry or you put a nine power scope on a muzzle loader, and you can shoot it three hundred yards. If you have a one power scope, it kind of you know they kind of made it so it was like an iron sight mm -hmm. because these muzzle loaders can shoot four hundred yards, five hundred yards now. And if you do that, then you got to take the you got to take the pins off the off the compound bullets. So you, you're you're not you're not shooting a magnified you're not shooting magnified scope on a on a crossbow. Right, but there's scopes that, that you can't you can't have magnification. They're 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 zero powers. There's just drops in them. The, there's zero power in the crossbow scopes. You can get them like that. Yeah, a lot of states have right. it. That's that's. But what I know, and that's what I'm saying is that most of the ones I've looked through aren't zero power. You know, I don't know what our rules are in North Dakota. Are you have to use a zero power? I don't know. I'll tell you the truth. I don't either. I bought mine at Shields, and I said, "You sure I can have a three power?" Yeah, we sell them. I said, "All right." Right. So that's a. I'm just saying is that that might be something that would even the playing field, so that people wouldn't be so. And and all this stuff I'm saying, Jamie and Clay, is that I'm thinking that this is a lot of what the 
the bow hunting community says, you know. Um, but it didn't matter when them guys were shooting on uh, on Chris B, man. It, hey, they're, yeah, they're, but, they're all their girls were inside of a, a basketball at a hundred. And, and again, there's I would say that, and again, like I said, if I took twenty guys that that have never shot a bow, and I set up a bow for them, and um, and I took a crossbow and set it up. Who do you think would have better groups? It's just easier to shoot a crossbow. Well, I'll tell you what happened to me before I got a crossbow, like a year before my, I can't remember if it was my neighbor, Troy, or my brother-in-law. They're both big bow guys. And we went out to my my mom and her husband's place west of Mandan. And at 40 yards, I said, let's do, you know, let's let's shoot a group here. And and I had a crossbow then, but I didn't, I didn't have a permit for it. I can tell you right now that I, I shot a better group offhand with that bow because that thing was way more balanced and way to light. My crossbow weighs seven pounds. Uh, and that I, I, I guarantee you I shot like a grapefruit group at 40 yards with that thing, with that trigger. Because when I shot, John, it was recurve. I have my fingers and a thing in my arm so the string wouldn't get way yep. back. I don't remember what bow it was, but that's what I grew up shooting. Yep. And I had that thing in the pins and that trigger release. And I was like, this thing's freaking easy as hell. And I shot a group with that, and I did. I destroyed my 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 crossbow with with the with with the recurve, with not the recurve, but the yeah. compound bow. And and I, don't, get, uh, I, I thought that was easy. I'm like, man, how can you miss with this? This is well, forty yards. I think we, we most... actually did a deal. Remember, we had you and Eric shooting crossbow versus bow. Now, I wouldn't exactly call you guys experts. Uh, it was what I would say novice shooting. Was there a little advantage, maybe, on the crossbow? Little. But it really wasn't a whole lot just different. like they did at 100 it was right. i mean the difference but, is, in my opinion minuscule and eric points out here he says that an 80 percent let off that's not much to hold for a long time so it's not much different than the crossbow to hold and that i got a buddy that has killed two antelope at 118 yards with his compound bow went less than 20. um i mean i don't know what he just said there because i'm not a bow hunter but yeah i'll say this like i said i think that if you're shooting offhand with a crossbow versus a bow you're going to probably shoot better with a bow because they're made to shoot there's no but it 90 percent of the people shoot a crossbow with a bog pod or a tripod then it change it's a it's a game it's no different than shooting your rifle i have never killed a deer since i was a kid without being on a tripod i mean on a bipod i'm not a really? shooter. Hmm. yeah i don't i don't shoot at running deer i shoot at standing deer well, I do too, but I've done a. I mean, I've done a ton of offhand standing. Right. And I, I, I have, like I said, that's the difference between you and I because you shoot your rifle a lot, and I don't. I shoot it a lot. Well, yeah. it's like you said, you're putting the time in, right? And, and so I, I put a lot that, of time in. I think what people's fear is is that because it takes so much time and practice to be, you know, I've been shooting bow my whole life, and um, you get target panic and you go through these things, and and it's it's a constant. You just don't you just don't put your bow down. And pick it up and go hunt the next year you constantly practice with a crossbow i think the fear is is that you don't it's kind of like a gun like i said you can pick it up because it's sighted in you can use a you can use a rest you're going to be pretty consistent like i said i i can i, I can almost guarantee you that if you put it on a on a, a bog pod at 40 50 yards you're going to be shooting oh, i agree with you there there's no doubt about it. if you're yeah. if you're on a rest yeah you're going to and... shoot darts and i think that's what most people see i don't think and again, it's that it's that that's where that whole thing comes in is like. So I'm going to throw this out here just because I like to be devil's advocate on it. I'm looking at an archery season. 
you let crossbow hunters, uh, let's say we put them in there. We're going to have a good experiment come after Minnesota after their first one. Mm -hmm. But right. the way I look at it is, so you got guys out there with more accuracy, possibly. Uh, maybe you're bringing more people in. And the worst case scenario is it goes to a draw for an archery tag. Why is that any different than the rest of us? Why uh, should you guys have that that specific because, niche out Clay, there? Because we're bow hunters. We so? always get what we want. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. We got that. And, and again, like I told you, I'm selfish, Clay, because we've been doing it since I've been a kid. It's well, always been that way. And we want to, we want, that's, I think what they fight, they fight for. And I, I'm a firm believer that we are maxed out on hunters. As much as I bring kids in. Well, I think there's too many, to be honest with you, I John. think we're, we're maxed out on hunters. And the easier we make it, the, and look at what COVID did, and it changed things, and everybody started hunting. And it's like, when people come to me and say, I can't find a place to hunt, I'm going to quit. I'm like, yeah, okay. You know, yeah. because I'm the guy that will never quit hunting. Well, I'll never, I mean. hey, I'll never, and I'm, I'm not ever going to quit hunting either. And and I guess I look at it this way: like when I go to other states, now I don't do as much of it as I used to. I just I got other things going on. But I'm telling you right now, I, I do hunt my own state here. But when I go to them places, I didn't just oh I'm going to go apply to this place because it's got the most tags in this unit. I went out there and tried to find out: okay, do I know anybody in this area? I might even make a trip out there in the middle of summer and talk to these people that are in the area and see what the opportunities are that's the background stuff and the relationship building and to oh. me that's one of the biggest downfalls is why we're, we don't have hunting land but I, I guess i don't know if we got too many hunters i think we got too many sloppy hunters well and and and, and that is true and, and like you said so you know tomorrow i'm going to wyoming yep. and we hunt a private ranch out there i pay a trespass fee i have no problems paying a rancher 500 bucks or 300 bucks or whatever they charge I'm not going to pay a guy $5,000. No. Um, <laughs> no. I'm, I'm a school teacher, you know, but I will pay a guy 500 bucks. Um, I'm stopping at another place I hunt. I'm dropping off tree stands for him. Um, if he's working cattle, we're working cattle. If, we're, if he's haying, we hay. I, it's one of those things that I have been taught that way. And these are people that I talk to not, not right before the hunting season. I call them almost monthly just to see how the moisture is doing. Right. How they're doing, and then when I'm coming that way, do you guys need anything? We usually bring them fish because they don't fish. Um, I, I am so about the relationship because that's why I hunt these places, and they're not that that world class hunting. It's just good hunting. We have a great time. We get to stay in their old ranch houses. Um, yeah. We pay we pay the people that own the ranch house, you know, a, a couple hundred dollars for staying there. We clean it up, take care of it. Um, well, it's an experience. It, it, it's that's what it's supposed to be, well, really before we get something else i'm gonna say one more thing john we got a mutual friend who's a teacher i don't want to say his name but you know he hunts with me all the time um same guy my brother-in-law we were out east of mandan he never shot a compound bow in his life 30 yards we put not only once but twice this a little 12 uh, 12 ounce bottle of water he pegged that thing right in the middle both time never in his life has he shot a, a compound bow before nailed that daggered it so I, I'm, I'm not sold on accuracy thing, man. I mean, it, it, if I, have, I put a hundred dollar bill on it, that we take 20 people that have never shot either one. Um, and it's going to go, it, it's no different. Like I said, you, you just, there's, you can't defy. I, I've shot bow enough with a three curve where it's compound bow. Uh, shooting a gun is, is, is a thousand times easier to pull the trigger. And hit well, yeah, but you got a trigger on a bow. Them things are like two pound triggers on there. 
Yeah, again, but I'm, I'm still saying is that when you're holding, like I said, I'm, I'm not talking, like I said, guys that have been shooting the bow for a long time are, are good. I, like I said, that's because they've spent so much time doing it so that this equipment has gotten better. And so they can shoot an animal at 100 yards. Do I think they should be shooting at 100 yards? Absolutely not. I don't care how good a shot you are. And some guys will argue with me all the time. There's too many variables in that. And that's the same with shooting a rifle. To me, shooting an animal at 1,000 yards, unless you're shooting at a prairie dog or a coyote, um, I see no reason. To, it's like no matter how good a shot you are. Um, so I'm going to challenge you on that because I am a long-range shooter. In fact, yeah. David, who's listening, is too. I can tell you right now, yes, you've got variables of wind, but if you know that what you got, you take the right tool for that job. Uh, when we went off to, to Rock Springs, we were on that range shooting the, the mile, 1,760 yards. We had wind going full values this way, this way. But you know what? We still hit our target. And I can tell you that the target I hit would have dropped the deer. Right. And again, I... But that came with years and years, like you're talking, of shooting. I didn't come to that overnight. So and and so here, here's the deal on that clay i'm i'm i understand that that's like i went out to the range out here and i was shooting at 500 yards i was kind of surprised at how easy it was to shoot with my new gun mm -hmm. but shooting at an animal at a thousand yards and it farts and takes a step forward what happens because that takes that bullet a little bit of time where if you shoot them at 200 yards and they take a step you're still going to hit them in the goodies and that's only a three eight lapua or you you step it up to yeah. a four I'm right. telling what well, I do. I have that's what you shoot at that distance. Yeah. See, that's the difference. I know rifles, you know bows. Right. I'm not going to go out there and take a shot at a thousand, twelve, fifteen hundred yards at an animal with my 270. Not going to happen because it's the wrong tool for the situation. Right. Get and, the right tool. Right. But what you'll have to agree with me that 90% of the guys don't have the right tools and 90% of the guys shouldn't be shooting at 800 yards. They, there's a lot of guys shouldn't be shooting at 100 yards from what I've seen. Right. <laughs> and, and, and that's the same thing I always say with archery because I, I think it's one of those deals that um, I just feel that when I hit an animal poorly, I shot an animal one time at 30 yards and I hit him in the spine. It wasn't where I was aiming. He dropped mm -hmm. a little bit, but I hit him in the spine. I, I did not mount him because of that. He was a beautiful animal. I, it was just, it ruined my, I, I want that, I have that right. perfect thing in my mind. I owe it to mm -hmm. that animal to kill him um the best way i possibly can and i just think that with technology and and tv and with these events that you know and again it's fun to shoot at targets uh, like i said i think it is but i think a lot of guys out there um whether it's with a crossbow whether it's a bow um it's like if i'm not 100 percent positive i'm gonna kill that animal i don't want to shoot him and that's just me maybe that's me i think there's a lot no. of guys that still they're still pulling the trigger as they're running over the hill. I think you and I can definitely agree on that. I don't want that animal to suffer any more than, than anything. I just, that's dumb. But uh, I can tell you that I feel very comfortable. Now, do I go out and do a thousand yard and, and 1,760 or 30? Not generally, but I am capable of it. Uh, most of my shots, and I'll tell you flat out, they're 200 yards or less because that's where I really like them. Well, I'm, <laughs> hey, you and me, buddy, I'm a top 10. I've shot like, and 40 years of killing deer, I've shot one deer at 40 yards. The rest of them been inside of 30 yards. Yeah. And with rifle hunting, 300 yards is my furthest shot. Yeah. And most of them have been within um, that, right at that 200. I just try to get, in a way, our ranch is set up in the places we hunt. Yeah. I like, you're filming. I want it to be close. I don't think that seeing an animal that's a mm -hmm. dot out there is mm -hmm. not fun to watch. And so, I, and, yeah. and that's my personal preference. I'm, 
I'm saying there are guys that are qualified to shoot at that distance, and I know they will they will probably do that. Yeah. But it's kind of become a big fad, don't you think? Where guys oh, yeah, well, you got the shows out there, and what that did is with anything, everybody's got to go out and try it. And they yeah, should uh, Burnsworth is that guy's name. Jim Burnsworth. There you go. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> you got his last name. I got his first name on Sunday. Yeah, whatever. Where are you at, Jim? Come on back, man. I loved watching your. So, um, hey, David, going on the distance thing, one of the guys on the podcast said he did, he th- you know, oh, they make it sound like people with crossbows aren't, they're only 60, 60 yards is their maximum range. And he pretty much said crossbow hunters are full of, full of mm. uh, male bovine excrement there. And <laughs> I can tell you this, John, I've shot two bucks with my crossbow. First one I got was out of my, out of my ground blind at 19 yards. It's a white tail. He's mounted. He's in velvet up here. Probably never put tape into it, but it's probably about 140. And the other one was a mule deer. Definitely nothing impressive on him. That was spot and stock. I definitely enjoy spot and stock. With more, but I can tell you carrying that seven pound crossbow around sucked. And I missed a giant mule deer because and i think it's because that thing was cocked for like two hours i was waiting there i think the thing lost power and i went underneath it twice i went underneath the sucker you twice sh- on that you sure it wasn't because you're just a lousy shot <laughs> it, it was offhand see there you go maybe it went right right underneath his chest and the other one went right next to him at, at 70 yards so and hey when i laid down and did it and it was right on at 70 so that's what i'm saying offhand I yeah, I think I think that's true. Like I said, I would like I said offhand. Yeah, I think, like you said, it's amazing how you know when you're a kid, we used to shoot offhand a lot, shooting gophers and things like that. I just don't I don't do it enough anymore. And like people own crossbows, so we're talking about the Raven. All of us here know who Mayor Bakken is, right? He's got a Raven. He's had a Raven for three years. Guess how many times he's went bow hunting with that Raven? That many times, right? And I know, I know a couple other guys who have crossbows. One guy got one deer with it, and that was it. And the other guys got them because they thought it was cool, and they got a crossbow license. They ne- they never went. So I'm, I, in, maybe in some states that's going to be a problem, but in North Dakota, man, I just think people are going to buy them. And like I said, there's what are you going to do with it if you got nowhere to hunt? You're not going to use it. No, and and I think that, like I said, one of the things that anytime you go forward to something, there's no turning back. So if we open up crossbows to archery and say that it does increase and changes things, we're never going to go back the other way. And that's like I said, if we ever right. go, um, and again, like Clay said, is it fair or not fair? I, you know, it's one of those deals that I would struggle not getting as a landowner, not getting my bow tag and my rifle tag for the amount of work I do. That not only benefits me, but benefits everybody around me. So I, I would, I would struggle a little bit with that because that's what we're used to. If we, Grew up only having one tag, then it may it may be a different. And I'm one of those guys that I absolutely hate change. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not going to disagree with you on that. Um, That's our human I, nature, it, I think. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever seen like a like just its own like like bow crossbow shop or not? Um, not just a, a plain crossbow. It's usually they they run them together that okay. I've seen. One know, of the I, things they said too is that that crossbow that's definitely not archery tackle. That there's no way that that should be considered art. Well, hey, every archery shop I've been in, guess what? They sell crossbows. crossbows. In there. And, and again, I think some of that is like I, I think that um, when a guy starts talking, he starts talking more um, personal preference. Because again, archery, it's got. It shoots a bolt, which is like an arrow. It's got limbs, so it's you know, 
is it the exact same thing? No, because it's got a stock on it, but it's pretty close. I mean, it's like, you know, how do you, it's like apples and oranges or is it, is it like. Well, if you miss, man, I can tell you, you can, you can uh, knock another arrow oh, yeah. way faster than you can get another bolt in the crossbow. And most, <laughs> yeah. time, most of the time you don't get another shot. I think, I think it's one of those deals that I don't know if there's a right answer or wrong answer. There's different states. Um, again, no. the, the easiest way to do it would have a separate season for it and see how it goes. I mean, right now there's going to be essentially 31 states when I went and looked at this where it's going to be legal to have them in any season. season, right? Yep. And then 34 states that actually allow it, but it's with exceptions, say medical, but what, you know, things like what you have, Jamie. Uh, I, I went yeah. and looked at the guy's stuff to see, you know, he was a little off um, on some of it, but, you know, depends on the source you get. But it looks like to me you can, you can comfortably say over half the states in the United States yeah. allow crossbows within their archery seasons. Right. Now, a lot of them states do have larger populations. I'm really looking forward to Minnesota, even though they got a lot of population there. Yeah. I think they're probably a lot closer to us as far as what what's going to well, happen. Well, Clay, there. remember what the guy said in the, in the archery shop there? He said, we normally sell about one a month. Yep, and he goes, no. this, I'm, he said, I'm not even looking at, at the books or anything. He goes, maybe now that it's Lee, we've sold one a week. He said, maybe. Yep. I'm just so, I don't know, John. Maybe next time you're in Shields, ask them guys how many they sell there. I, I'd kind of be curious to know what it is here. Right. Yeah. And, and again, I, I think that I was the one thing I would be, I would, you know, I would be for like, like if a guy is, like you said, 75 years old. Um, and you bow hunted all your life. I mean, why wouldn't you want that guy to continue hunting um, to be able to use a crossbow? You know, yeah. our law right now is that you have to have, he and he had a medical doctor excuse. His doctor gave him the excuse, mm -hmm. but they did not accept it at the game and fish because he was not, <laughs> didn't have an injury. You, cause you, and it's to the point where it's like, if you can pull back 30 pounds, that was in one state. It's like South Dakota. I think if you pull 30 pounds in South Dakota, you can't get a um, crossbow permit. You know, mm -hmm. I don't know how strict they are on some of that stuff. And again, like you said, Clay, I'm looking at my stats here and it was 25 states. Now it's yeah. up to like 32, like you said. Mm -hmm. And everything I read, it didn't seem like it changed um, the outcome, the biological deer management outcome, if that's right. what she's going for. Um, well, well and that's what they i mean that's what honestly they, they're well, probably that's what their goal is around. yeah you know because that's why montana always tells it we manage numbers we don't manage big bucks well, it's just kind of nice when they when they manage a little of everything mm -hmm. and that's you know that's why you're going to see your bigger animals generally on private land out there because the private landowners are managing for quality yeah, yeah i mean yeah. it is and it's it's just one Same of those here. you know i still love pulling the trigger i mean oh, but yeah and and you know we're all guilty it's like i'm gonna pass up a three and a half year old deer that's 135 140 inches on my place but if i go to south dakota and i got three days to hunt yeah. i'm sending well, it and i can tell you flat out i've been out to wyoming several times hunting elk i do not have an elk hanging on my wall it isn't because i didn't see any i wanted the nice one and we were right. hunting public land I, I guess when i go hunt something especially if it's something like that and I'm usually put a lot of time and, and dollars into it. So I want yeah. what I want. If I can't yeah. now, if I, here's what have been great. If I'd have had a cow tag, I could have taken a cow <laughs> several times. Same as I was in Colorado, yeah. but I couldn't because yeah. I didn't and have, I, it was. And I, always tell, I always tell people the same thing. I said, when we hunt, you know, it all depends on where we're hunting. I try to shoot yeah. a mature animal. 
Um, you know, I'd rather shoot a mature animal that doesn't have a big rack than shoot a young. Yeah, I've actually Jason, done that. Jason got on here um, <laughs> when I was talking about that buck fever. Jason, buck you're fever. right because um, I, I saw this buck coming, big four by four muley in velvet. It was, I think, it was opening weekend uh, a couple years ago, and man. He, he didn't go where I thought, and I looked up, and he was standing there, but he stood there when I ranged him at 60, and, and boy, it, I thought I had a good hold, too, and it went right underneath him, and I actually got went up there, and, and he went down another ravine, and I came over and had another crack at him, and, you know, I, like I said, I thought <laughs> I was holding. I, I swear, I, I think because that thing was, you know, them, them limbs are cocked back all the way I was sitting there because I come in in dark, right? And I was sitting there two, two and a half hours. And by the time I got to, man, I bet you it was almost three hours. And there's no way you can tell me if them things are cocked back that they don't lose some power to kick that arrow out. And th- you know, it's like a right. spring being compressed. And, and man, it probably some, but I don't know if it was buck fever, but I'll guarantee he was in velvet. It was probably, I mean, they were excited. Velvet, he was probably 160 incher, but you know, John, you see him in velvet and clay oh, and yeah, the things good. look like they're oh, he was a big wide sucker too I'll he probably was about 27 inches wide but I, I don't know i never did see him again after that day so yeah probably some buck fever in there you know but i still get it man i, I oh, I, oh I, yeah i get worse than i get older now actually. well wouldn't you guys agree that no matter how old we get and how many deer we've taken when you see the nice one i don't know i get i still get excited oh, you just kind of got to calm yourself down because <laughs> otherwise you're gonna screw up when I decide to shoot a doe, I get that way. Well, it's like, yeah, you know, they walk by and I'm like, ah, no big deal, no big deal. And then it's like, I'm going to take a doe. Then I start shaking. And oh, yeah. Like, then it's like, oh, yeah, I'll adrenaline. Yep, oh, when yeah. I when I lose that adrenaline is the day I need to quit hunting because that's what it's the, yeah. the fun is, the it excitement is. of doing that. Why don't you yeah. put Scott Becker's comment up here, Clayton? Yes. Yeah. I don't know, Scott, but Scott says, I'm blessed to keep bow hunting. Didn't even know you can get a crossbow permit when I got my shoulder injury. Still not that easy in an archery format. That's why I love bow season. So yeah, and I'm not. Scott, yeah, I, I, I can definitely appreciate people's passion for it. I'm I'm passionate about it. I'm about a lot of things actually, but uh, you know, I like I said before, just just the way they came across and, and, and we're talking about when I listened to it, it, it almost you know I almost took it personally, like they were belittling me about it, and it kind of took a little shot at some rifle hunting there, and you know like. Well, I'm saying like you like you're not really that good of a hunter. These crossbow guys are like rifle hunters; they don't practice. And, they, and did, I'm just did like, you catch ah, the one thing on, you guys. said about having a crossbow? You were talking about New York, and I guess I took a little exception to that. But I mean, yeah, I'm a fan, me. but yeah, he said, you, know, are you guys getting soft in your old age? Must be. Yeah. I just, <laughs> I'm sitting there going, so he's saying I'm basically a poacher because I had my crossbow in the pickup. I mean, that's pretty much what he said. One of his kids actually was pushing back on that pretty good. Listen to this podcast. Yeah, Yeah, listen to the whole thing. They banned. What happened was John. They banned one of the one of his boys said they banned um, hunting with crossbows in in New York, and he said why. And then and then uh, David said, well, probably because of poachers. And then the kids like, well, it's already illegal. Yeah, they kind of be kind of a testy back and forth with each other there, and you know. And that's what I like listening. I know them personally, and it's funny when they start arguing. Because yeah, they, no, I just said they used to argue pretty bad. It's an enjoyable. Uh, it was. I'm. You know, they they got a good podcast, and like I said, it just it just. They, they, I they, mean, I think they knew when they. I think even David said, "I'm going to get a lot of flack for this, but I'm going to say." Yeah. You know? And again, well, he was getting he was getting lit up in the comments pretty good. I read like 200 of them, and I was like, "Man, you're you got yeah. about two percent in your face." And Clay and I actually had a, a post. 
uh, one of our polls here about a month ago about crossbows, and it was 80-some-plus percent, Clayton, that people agreed with us that, that crossbows should be allowed here. So, yeah, I'm, hey, I'm more than happy to discuss it with these guys if they want to do it, well, man. I guess exactly. I got a lot more questions for That's them. exactly why when, when you contacted uh, Jamie, John, I thought it was a great idea. I mean, this is – we're probably not on – I know we're not on the same page as far as that goes, but we can have this discussion – Right. And we're going to probably walk away and have a beer someday when we're up in Bismarck. Right. And and here and here's my thing. When I would say, and I'll tell, I'm going to say to Jamie on live here, and I'll tell. It's like my deal with the the whole thing. What set me off was that the holders were just talking about crossbows in general, and because what happens nowadays is we get so offended so fast, and then we attack someone personally, and someone uh, Jamie doesn't. It's like whether you know me, you guys know me. So it's like, you don't know David Holder. Some of the things they said you didn't agree with. Correct. That's great. I just, Most of I, it when I, I listen to it, I just, I don't, I just don't <laughs> like when people attack other people right away and say that they're a clown or they're this, or they believe in this. And it's like, you got to um, You got to take it with a grain of salt that everybody. And this is what I always say that separates us. Good conservatives with the left. Don't cancel them. Don't, don't, they, you didn't agree with them, have a conversation with them, don't personally attack them because they are really good people and they're doing great things for hunting and the hunting industry. It's just something that we're going to, that you guys may, may never agree upon. Right. Again, the way they said it maybe shouldn't have been said, yeah, that's but they a, weren't, hey, they weren't that's, saying well, Jamie's right, that's a clown because he uses a crossbow <laughs> in general. And that's the thing is I think sometimes we just uh -uh. get too personal. And I'm one of those guys. That I'm going to stick up. If someone said Jamie's um, or Clay are a bunch of crackpot gun, you know, and I'm like, you know, do you know them? I said, yeah, they're a little crazy. I said, <laughs> um, they don't hold back a lot. But I said, you got. I'm pretty shy. I'm pretty shy. You got to know them before you can start some talking smack about people. You know, that's and I can thing. tell you this: I went and listened to the whole podcast. And you're right. Uh, when we had just heard that clip. I can tell you, my opinion of him did not get better after listening to the entire podcast. Now, maybe I need to meet the gentleman in person. Mine didn't either. But remember, I thought it got harder on people, actually. Well, like I said, they and I didn't, I guess I didn't, I'll have to listen to all of it because I listened to the first Do it. Thing. I listened to it twice. Listen to, to the sure. whole thing. I, I know well, I've listened I, to it. I know those times. guys, and I know that they're not. Um, and I thought I remember David saying multiple times that I'm not against crossbows. I just don't want them in the. And again, you're talking about they live in Iowa, um, so yeah. looking at the Iowa season and, and how things are, um, I, I think it's one of those deals. It's their it's their personal opinion that they just don't want crossbows in this season. I don't well, think. Well, one guy, like you said, he said he said they're pretty much just like rifle hunters. They go out and they just get a tag and they don't practice and you know pretty much just like you're some uh just some dude who doesn't give a crap and you got a crossbow and you go out and, and he one guy you're walking under my tree stand and i'm like well, where are you hunting if they're walking under your tree stand i mean I, again, I didn't get that and then you know you don't practice you're not passionate about it i can tell you there ain't a lot more people more passionate about hunting than myself so no and, and again but you got to remember jamie he wasn't attacking you personally you know, he wasn't I mean, when he's saying that about crossbows, I'm a crossbow hunter. It might be his experience in crossbows. Is what I'm saying to Pete. You can't lump everybody in just because someone says something. I and that's what I get so frustrated with this world is that um, if you don't agree with somebody right away, we and, and I get it being the guy on TV, and guys will be like, right. 
they'll start hammering me and saying, I don't, I don't let anybody, you're a landowner. You don't let anybody hunt. You suck because you don't ever let anybody hunt and you're a hog. And it's like, I called the guy and I said, do you know who I am? And he goes, yeah, I know who you are. You're on TV and you don't let anybody. I'm like, do you know who I am? Have you ever met me? Did I do something to piss you off? We're yeah. nobody. You hunted this guy's place and you hunt all these private places. I said, the oh, wow. two places you mentioned, I hunted 25 years ago when I was a kid. And I said, you don't know nothing about me. I said, you said I don't take kids hunting. I said, do I need to roll out my resume? I said, do you know how many vets I've taken hunting? You know how many yeah. older people? I said, yeah. you know nothing about me, but people get on the internet and it's like they get so offended and then they just start freaking um, spewing stuff. And I just, I said, I get, I, maybe I'm a little oversensitive with this stuff because I'm thinking that. Um, Are you getting old and cranky like me and Clay? I, I am. Like I said, I'm going to get that <laughs> Get that T-shirt well, that says I have three friends and two of them are me and myself. <laughs> oh. well, and, and I think it comes down to their social and internet and social media has made this worse. There's um, not just this aspect, all aspects. You got keyboard warriors and they just spout off whatever the hell they want to say with no retribution whatsoever. You know, back in my day, if you spouted off something stupid like that. Guess what? You ended up in the ballpark having a fight after school. I mean, <laughs> And I'm all I'm all for accountability. I'm the guy that's like, yeah. I, want bring, I want to bring that back on the playground, but that don't work. Yeah. I mean, so you kind of you, le- you either learn the lesson or you got your. <laughs> and and that's why I think like a podcast like this, um, and again, when the holders have theirs, and if they if they they're against each other, it makes it easier because then you hear both sides of it. But when you're just talking, I think they were just talking in general. If there had been someone that was a crossbow hunter. I don't think it would have come across as as aggressive towards crossbow because there would have been someone saying, you know, t- like we're talking right now, where it's not like, yeah, um, you know, a big deal. And I think that's like I said, I, I just like I said, they they're not perfect people by any means, and and like wow, I said, who is? they're they're <laughs> they are good people and they do a lot for hunting. And um, like I said, I, and I, and again, I know that they would love, you know, they would come on here. They're, like I said, they're they're not. They're, well, they're how many can we get on here, Clay? We. I'd have to look. I know we're not very limited. We got a pretty good. Yeah, we here. might. Hey, John, we might be able to get us three and them three on here. So the, well, like the biggest. Said, I know, hey, we're we're uh, we're we're small fries compared to them guys, but I mean, we yeah. can still you know, we can still have a great like conversation. You got to remember, they started fourteen years ago. I helped them get on TV out in Montana because they lived out in Olney, um, out there in, by um, way out west uh, by uh, what's the big lake out there. <laughs> Flathead? Yeah, Flathead. You I know, know that because uh, our, our fellow teacher friends out there right now. Yeah, because, you know, like, <laughs> they'd send trail camp pictures. They'd have wolves and mountain lions and uh, and grizzly bears. And they wanted to move to, you know, they had a show for a while and um, then moved out to uh, Iowa. And then they got a new production. And then, like I said, they just they kind of set the world on fire with the new way they did things. Mm-hmm. And we started that camp together. And, again, they're 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 just like you guys are. They're not big gun hunters, but they have learned to start, you know, doing more with guns. I brought them out here. We shot prairie dogs when they were kids. Absolutely loved it. So um, they're they're good people. Awesome. Well, hey, I I figured they were, but when it just came to this crossbow deal, it kind of I know you got your you got your undies in a bind there, buddy. (laughs) I get that way too. I get. I'm like I'm the guy that has to delete a lot of messages that I send to people because when people start attacking my daughter and you start doing things on oh, YouTube man. and stuff yeah. like that, and you be... kill a bear and you get your kid called names. It's like, 
I'm looking yeah, for be addresses, man. I'm looking for places to find people. Yeah, no, I, I, I hear you. I hear you. You know, it's, it'd be tough. It'd be tough. I'm not there. And your daughter's pretty big uh, part of your show too. So it's that she's even more famous than most so, people's kids. So tell you what, let's take one quick break. Then we'll yep. come back and we're, we'll we're going to do the double clay. You want to yep. play the play the double because I'm going to go take care of something. Oh, oh Jamie minutes. needs a break. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, All right, guys. I gotta go to the rage room, boys. <laughs> All right, we're gonna take a quick break. We'll come yeah. back up and we'll probably do one more segment, and we're gonna call this a night. So here we go. The 701 is proud to be sponsored by Lauer Auto Repair, located at 309 South Washington Street in Bismarck, North Dakota. If you can't stop by, feel free to give them a call at 701-258-6308. Doug and the guys are ardent Second Amendment supporters and will always shoot straight with service and fair pricing. It's been a long winter with lots of snow, ice, and rough roads. So now's the time to get that alignment checked from the curb shots, potholes, and bumpy snow-covered roads. Summer will be here before you know it, so get that rig scheduled for an AC charge. Make sure and tell the guys at Lowry you heard the sponsored guns in the 701 and thank them for supporting and promoting our Second Amendment civil right. That's Lower Auto Repair, 309 South Washington Street, Bismarck, North Dakota. 701-258-6308 your north dakota proud patriotic auto repair service guns in the 701 is sponsored by the blind guy of north dakota for all your custom window coverings you can contact them at 701-222-3932 they're freedom-minded they're patriotic and they love the second amendment this husband wife team was born and raised right here in north dakota and based out of bismarck Again, for your Second Amendment company, for all your custom window coverings, the blind guy of North Dakota, 701-222-3932, or visit them on the web at blindguynd.com. All right, welcome back, everybody. And, yeah, we can't say enough about our sponsors, Law Auto Repair down there, 309 South Washington. Hit them up there, guys, and you're not going to be disappointed, 701 258 6308 and then the blind guy in north dakota Wyatt and tammy do a fantastic job for custom blinds hit blindguynd.com and they'll get you set up today it was with some really sweet blinds so thanks to our patriotic sponsors we can't do you it without them. hey john you want to mention your sponsors again my friend have at yeah, it buddy um i gotta look it's i got keller hearth and home <laughs> um big sponsor um action motorsports action motorsports has been good dakota taxidermy Badlands Delicious Pizza. Um, awesome. They are good. They are good pizzas, actually. Yep. Uh, are you top, writing these down, Jamie? We got to go visit them. Verge <laughs> yeah, Fitness. Um, yeah, we got Glenn's uh, Welding. Awesome. Good Pop, guys. We got a Mandan Prairie Supply. We've got some, we've got some great sponsors. 3B Meats, Steel Chainsaws. I just got on this year. Dang. Awesome. So it's been going right. good. And if I missed good. anybody, I apologize. So, John, I'm going to have to have a talk with you off air one of these times me and clay we got to figure out how to get uh, some sponsors because i know i don't know if you know uh, andy elliott from blade rain tv yep uh, um he, andy's got a lot of sponsors too me and clay are like dang how are these guys getting all these well, sponsors? And, and again i'm going to tell you this there's a difference between my spot and i i don't i know andy a little bit okay just from on uh, mm -hmm. so i can't speak for him but most of the guys um with sponsorship there's a difference between getting paid um, and getting a discount and getting yeah. free stuff. And, yeah, uh, and for sure. And you go, when you first start, when we were I'm kids. I'm down with anything. 
Yeah, when we were kids and we got a, you know, I remember I got a pack of Thunderhead broadhead sent to me in a hat. And I was like, <laughs> you know, and then after a while, I'm yeah. like, okay, this free shit doesn't pay the bills. And so that's right. why we've stayed regional um, or local because these local sponsors have always been taking care of us. They pay our airtime mm-hmm. um, and we make enough money that we continue to go down the road. You know, it's a big uh, there's not many people to make a living on outdoor TV. And <laughs> right. Oh, you must be rich, aren't them. you? Yeah, we're not. <laughs> well, I can them. I can tell you this. Clay and I, we definitely are not trying to be like national guys. We we want to keep it regional too, and we're not looking to get rich. And we've not, we haven't really pushed any any advertisement stuff. Clay, we're going to start hitting it with people for sponsors. But uh, yeah, we we're not we're not trying to be oh. you know Clay and Buck. We're, we're Clay and JD, and that's what yeah. it's going to be. So. Let's face it. This was never on my bucket list to do, Jamie. No, <laughs> that's no, the me. farthest thing from my mind. And that's the way it was with us. And then we started, you know, it's like you had a couple sponsors, and yeah, uh, we've been yeah. fortunate that over that, you know, it's 20 years this year on TV. And awesome, man. I, and I we're we're coming up on our one year here, wasn't about well, there. A week. You go, that's Don't awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and like I said, before you know it, you'll be an old guy like me, and it'll be 20 years. Yeah, <laughs> I'm getting plenty great. And I will say, our gear has been starting to take off. Uh, people are buying that. We got our store up and running oh, now. And, so, I mean, I, I that, that helps out, too. You have to get you a cap, John. Yeah, yeah I think, well, I love, I wear it. Like I said, I, I think it's awesome what you guys are doing. And it's like, um, uh, you know, so are you sponsor- still, are you still sponsored by Hoyt then? Cause you're wearing, yep. yep. I would Absolutely. say that, that, so that video that I sent you and Clay on that 100 yard thing with the, the Hoyt bull and the, and the Raven. Yeah, I got I got to admit to you, John, I was pretty damn impressed with how that guy was shooting that. Well, uh, well, that so I gotta I gotta throw something in on there. My um, my my daughter's boyfriend um, can shoot his whole family. His all the two boys they're twenty you know twenty years old, twenty one years old. Mm-hmm. Those guys can shoot at a hundred yards like I shoot at twenty yards. It's just bad, insane. Uh, they got good these, eyes. though. remember that too. Yeah, oh, it, it's young. insane how these kids shoot now. Yeah, um, it is. yeah, you know, the, the equipment, well, you know, isn't like it's not in the last 10 years, bows haven't gotten any, they don't get faster, they just get quieter, yeah. easier draw. So you still got to hold it steady, man, and release yeah. the release the string. And it's and it, it takes a lot of skill. And I got target panic, was the worst thing that I've ever gotten in my, you know, I couldn't believe that it even happened to me. I mean, it was like <laughs> you would start punching the trigger and um, you'd be missing the target because your brain can't aim and you can't pull this can't do two things at once and you start telling yourself that you could do it and um it happens one time and then you do it again but it's like it's something that i have avoided for like 30 years of my life and then it hit me but yeah some Mm -hmm. of these kids um are truly amazing and when you watch these recurve shooters that shoot olympics they're shooting 90 meters yeah that's crazy those guys those people are amazing go ahead and i'll give you a little you know that that video you showed i I just got to tell you what they did was they shot four shots and they did it what four times and five, five, okay. five, five rounds and four bolts and arrows. Each. So I wrote down the 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 final number. With mm-hmm. the bolt was ninety one point five inches, and with the total inch groups, they measured their groups total inch in inches. Group, yep, was eight or eighty three point five. That was an eight inch difference, and it would have fit in basically. All of them were in basketball. I mean, the one Absolutely. guy, I think they each had maybe one flyer out of each one. That was kind of. Yep. But so I mean. That Very kid, impressive. They, got, I'm gonna tell you they, that kid, Crispy Real, mm-hmm. he's he's like making a living right now, going across the country. Um, he's a he's like John Dudley, if you know John Dudley, um, is a big archer that goes to all these events. These guys are, 
these guys are i'm not going to say world class when i because they're not like olympic shooters but they're as good as they get in the industry um as right. far as shooting i mean these oh, you guys can tell. Are, that guy that's his he's passionate he does it a lot he's my i tip my hat because i can't yeah, shoot like there's that. there's a few guys <laughs> levi morgan is one of them that i think the guys i i shouldn't speak but i know he's killed animals that guy can shoot He's one of the few guys that I would say could probably consistently kill something at a hundred yards. That nice. guy's he wins all nice. these 3D tournaments, and there's I mean it looks like fun, by the way. I, yeah, I can yeah. tell you this, and this probably surprised a lot of people. Both my boys have bows. Um, they like to shoot them. Uh, that's kind of what I started them oh, on. Man, I grew when up they were real young. Recurve, though. And I've even shot their bow. I bought them bow. I went and I, I'm gonna give this gonna be a free plug for Shields because I went in there and I tell you what, the guy who was in the back, and I can't remember his name. He's the guy that came to me, you know, he came over and talked. I was completely ignorant to what bows were, and he did not take advantage of that. He got a set up with the right bows, something the boys could grow into even into their teen years. And you know what? It was a lot of fun. Even I've shot those bows, and I was actually surprisingly accurate for never shooting a bow. And the boys are, I don't know if there's natural talent. I don't know that a lot about bows, but. I'm telling you what, they were putting some good groups down range with mm-hmm. those bows. The Shields so, Archery Department, those guys are awesome, man. Even yeah, when they, I did about they did a great job. They did a great job. I just, know, I just sure. went in to, to Zach Kemmer. I'm, you know, I've been hunting and shooting bow my whole life, but I, it's, I have the same knowledge of my bow and tuning it as I do with ballistics and things with my gun. <laughs> I'm just not a numbers guy, and I, gotcha. I take it to the guys that know, and I talk to the guys that know. I'm smart enough to do that. And Zach Kemmer, I, I was getting a little bit of tail wobble, and I. <laughs> To me, an arrow is supposed to be magical, like Ted Nugent says, the mystical flight. Yeah, the mystical arrow, flight of the perfect. arrow. Yeah. There you go. And he, I went in there and he did a few things. And I came home and shot it, and it's shooting like just darts. Yeah. Oh, they, uh, they did a great job in there. So, so I got to put this comment up here. Yeah, go for it, Clayton. So this is uh, one of your fans. Not good. you can't see the whole thing, can you guys? Yeah, I can. Can you see it right there? Yeah, yeah I can I, see all of it. Oh, I, you, like go that, ahead I can't read see it on the side. It says uh, from Scott Becker. Not true. You need to practice. I'm very passionate for archery. It killed me when I had to put my bow down. There's a few seasons I was unsuccessful. Just being out there archery hunting is amazing. My daughters are eight and six, and the expectations was the experience. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're right, Clay. I guess I can't read it. All. So yeah, that's why I was wondering. So he he goes on. He says the, the experience was unbelievable. Lots of emotion. He says whether oh. it's a crossbow, bow, or gun, it's about being in the outdoors and raising the next generation right. I'm a big UOA fan, and I just got in the guns on the 701 on K-Fire. Keep it up, Thank guys. You. Great representation of our passion. Yeah, appreciate that, Scott, and I'm sure Don does too. Thank, thank um, you, Scott. Thank you very much. And that's the bet. thing. is like, It's one of those deals that it, it, it's all about being out there. you know. Yep. Um, and, again, it's like I don't think there's a wrong or right on this crossbow thing. I just, like I said, the thing growing out there is I think what most bow hunters worry about and again, when you come from a two, you know, a two tag or, you know, a situation um, and Jamie, you use your archery tag and it would hurt if you lost that tag. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll tell you what I got, what I do, John, um, if I got a rifle tag, I don't hunt archery. And next year, if I don't draw a, a rifle tag and, and I'm going to, I'm going to get my archery tag. And like I said, 2011s when I got my crossbow license. 2013, I've killed two. I told you they got the white tail buck, and yep. there's some other ones. Could I honestly, John? I could kill a doe anytime I want. This might piss some people off, but I'm I'm out there. I hunt for antlers, and like I said, the muley I got not big. He was probably you know, 
142, but I, I put the spot and stock on this sucker. He wasn't my initial, my initial target. He was bedded down with three other bucks. There was a huge three by three with them. They got up and I seen him and I tell you the adrenaline pumped on me. It was 30 yard shot. Um, didn't go exactly where I wanted. went back actually, but the art, what do you call the artery under the spine there? I, I hit him there a little back and man, that sucker pumped. Like, like there was an electric <laughs> pump. And I, when I gutted him out, he went about 80 yards and dropped dead. Um, my dad come out, helped me. I called him and, and come out and there, there wasn't much blood left in him. So whatever artery that was, I can't remember right now, but, it, and you know, like I said, it wasn't nothing special. And I can tell you this, when it comes to, when it comes to kill time, whether it's a gun or that bow, man, to that point when it's when you know it's going down, my blood, I can tell you this, and I'm definitely more of a ripe hunter. My blood was pumping just as damn hard <laughs> on that muck with my bow as it was with a rifle. It, it was it was an experience that I I I'd, I'd love to re- relive it again, and I hopefully I will. It was, it was I, great. I, I think as archers or bow hunters or crossbow or rifle or whatever you do, there it, you can't explain it to somebody that hasn't done it. There's my daughter shot a deer one time. She decided not to play college volleyball, um, took time and came out. And she, the, 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 when she smoked this deer and she turned and looked at the camera, it was the most delightful and joy. It was, it was stick in my mind forever. She goes, there is no feeling, nothing in the world like this. And there is, yeah. it's like, Oh, I you know, agree, man. And, and it, it's, you can, emotions it's, go it's, through you. Stick or whatever, but it's not, it's not that it's all the work that you put into it. It's everything yeah. that goes into it. It's like, um, I live deer hunting 365 days a year. I'm thinking about doing something all the time. I put mm. time and effort in it and I don't have to kill an animal. I, you know, this archery season, I got friends coming in. I'm just as excited to be running the camera, um, for one of them and watching them be mm. successful. I've, I've been fortunate and blessed that, you know, my dad had property and he was smart enough when he was young to buy some property and he handed it off to us kids and, um, you know, having that own dirt and doing all that work and mm-hmm. all the hours of food plots and doing whatever you're doing, the fencing, everything you do, it all plays a part. And this makes that it just makes it so much sweeter when you have success. And there's been many times that I've had epic failures. Oh, right? for sure. You know, but it's still fun. So the year I got the year I got that muley, John, I can tell you, I, I stocked, I'll bet you uh, five other bucks that were like I told you, I missed that one. And there was other ones, giant ones in the, man what you know i got i got busted and it's it's disappointing but and like a lot of people think um oh rifle you just go out and you shoot no. i mean i've heard people say that mostly young guys all right it's so easy you can go out and just kill a big <laughs> one really how many how many uh records you got on your wall dude well i got this and now but you know hey. you, know a, you know what a big animal is tough no matter what you're doing no exactly and they didn't I, get big being dumb no yeah. and you got hunting shacks john I do. And just because you have those doesn't mean you're sitting in there and you're just popping them out of that's I mean, that's happened we, to me we one don't even, time. I, I just saw Levi built the Taj Mahal and I gave him <laughs> so all. much crap. I'm like, Man, dude, I not, said, that's I, built. I said, that's like an 80 year old guy should have that. He goes, <laughs> you got them. I said, ours are made out of concrete board. And I said, we don't even sit inside them. We just use them for wind blocks. I said, because oh. I feel like I feel like I'm cheating when I'm sitting inside it. I said, I like to have the wind in my face. And Levi's oh. like, he goes, I'm good. 
I'm good. Well, I, I never I giving up the hunting blinds. Never. I definitely want to build what, what you have, Jamie, but it's actually more for predator hunting. Um, honestly, I've shot plenty of coyotes out of there. I mean, I've actually been listening to Scott's show and he was talking about hunting coyotes and I, I, I've, I've, I've shot a couple and sent him pictures and he's like, oh, he's yeah, living. Oh, satellite right TV in too. there too. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting that satellite dish. I finally got it figured out, John. Yeah, Le- Levi's got a bunk in his. I mean, his is big. <laughs> yeah. His dad came. His dad came on. He's like, it's like I some can't. of these ice fishing houses, then, huh? Oh, yeah. And then so, that big storm came through, and he was so worried that it got blown over. Yeah, I was too. When so, I talked to my dad, it's they're still standing. So I'm gonna put a couple of these up here because I think we're yes, getting sir. pretty close to the end here. Uh, uh, David Fetting is. I did tune in later. Not sure if sights were discussed. Is it worth having a fistful of preset pins for various ranges, or do, just does a single pin system work uh, and dope up the wheel? Uh, John's uh, got to answer that. Well, yeah, John's got that one. We're just, you know, we're just talking about my daughter. So at my age, a single pin is phenomenal because you only have one pin, and that's all you got to put on it. It's just you, you don't. When you think about it, when you have four like this. Mm-hmm. If I hold this up to Jamie and I put my top finger on him, I'm covering <laughs> up everything. Yeah. If I have one vertical pin like this, I'm on him and I can see everything around him. So it makes it a lot easier. I think visually, you just got to be cognizant of that. You got to make sure you're moving it. And then like if you're elk hunting where you're having an animal coming in at different distances, you better know I would set mine for 30 and know that I when I shoot – and he's at 20 where to aim because you may not have time to move it. And I've done it where I've stepped out my shot, drew back, shot, and I'm like, way over top because I forgot <laughs> to adjust my sight. It's not yeah. happened on the animal, but um, I think it for clarity, a lot of guys are shooting one pins. So, John, um, the one sight they got, it actually it ranges and self-adjusts. I mean, how, have you ever used one of those? Is that even legal That's, in North Dakota? No, they're not. Like I said, in North Dakota, you can't have anything lighted. You can't even have a, have a lighted pin, which I think is kind of mm. silly because you hunt out of a ground blind, and I lose my I – can, I can see my pin, but after, you know, once sunset hits, you mm. can't see your the glow of it because it well, takes the light. That makes no light. sense to me. Um, but the – that Garmin one you're talking about is like a four or $500 site and you put it on there and it automatically ranges and some States allow it. Doesn't again, I'm not sure the legality of it because we're making, we just keep pushing things more and more, but we have range finders and we use a range finder. Mm-hmm. So it just makes things quicker. I mean, range finder to me, makes, I mean, that just makes them, I don't care what you're it's hunting ethical. with. It's, it is more ethical because I mean you're not guessing you're going to get a good shot. And on it. you know how you referred to don't like change and North Dakota's bad that way. Well, look how long it took us to get thermals. Yeah. I mean, it took and us I a long time to get that, and that's yeah. also ethical, especially in the evening. Um, yeah. And you can protect your herds and take out some predators on top of it mm-hmm. and protect wildlife. I mean, to yeah. me, that was a no-brainer. And I think what North Dakota does a lot with our North uh, NDBA and North Dakota Bull Hunters Association, they follow a lot what Pope and Young has. Mm-hmm. So if it's illegal it's kind of like when we even wanted to get lighted knocks you know what does a knock have to do with anything although they're illegal too that. i just they, don't they were that. but we they were they're yeah legal. they're legal now wow. like, yeah, they been around yeah so it's one of those deals that just change takes time on some of these things yeah. and i think it's you give an inch they take a mile that they worry about well, the lighted yeah. knock, I mean, you could see where your, where your impact is. would be better. And I mean, and not I only that, they're cool to watch going through the air, man. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> I even know what them are. Yeah. yeah. I think that um, lighted knocks are pretty much legal everywhere now. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
So I got to answer this one. Jason Lucy says, you guys coming out for rattlesnake season again. <laughs> we uh, might, Jason. John doesn't know what that's about. We went prairie dog hunting on his oh, place uh, last year. And yeah, there was a few snakes down Whoa. there. So. I heard a buzzer the other day. I went into my barn and I was like, you know, a guy you hear on TV and they sound like, yeah. you know, <laughs> but when you really hear them, they don't say much yeah. at all. And I could hear this like little thing and it was in where I had some fence posts and I kept jiggling them around. I could just barely hear it, but I was like, okay, I just better get out of here. Well, on TV, it sounds like, but yeah, it, yeah, like, it's uh, like you said, John, it's like, you're walking and, uh, out. Last Jamie year. and uh, me and Axe, we about, it looked like we was stepping on wow. a bomb. We flew out of there so yeah. fast. Oh, yeah, it's, <laughs> I, caught one, I, I caught one down the ranch one time we were fencing, pulling fence posts and Kurt goes, he goes, don't move. And I go, what? And he goes, he's a snake. And I, I and I'm deaf in this ear. And I was, pulling it like this and so i turned my head this way and i was like and i turned it back this way nothing and i was like <laughs> so i started poking around and it was the biggest rattlesnake i've ever seen and i found a stick and i pinned his head down and i know it's i had it on facebook I, but it's so long ago but it was almost six foot wow. and I, wow. I remember catching it and i let it go and everybody was so mad at me i'm like why and they go why didn't you kill it i said how many guys you know have ever been bit by a snake, let alone died from a snake? I said, <laughs> it's keeping the rats away. And the, the guy that leases our place absolutely hates them. Oh, he was, man. He was, yeah. He was mad. And I was one of those kids that I had it. snakes in my pocket all the time. Rattlesnakes, <laughs> for sure, I kill. Bull snakes, I, not, probably yeah. not. We, 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 uh, there are a few less down there on Jason's place. Yeah. yeah, Jason, answer your question. We are planning the prairie dog shoot. And if things go right, we're going to probably try to hit the, well, your town and, and another one. So mm -hmm. I'll, Dave I'll keep Dave said, too, uh, might be referencing the Burris, Burris Oracle. I know Burris makes a, a crossbow site now, too, like they do. I think I think loopholes is called Blade Blood. They're probably all making something. one now, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. probably. I mean, one doesn't. I mean, you know whatever I, i'm i i can tell you right now i don't have a damn problem with anything like like if i if i still would use a vertical bow the way my eyes are i i would need something like that john well, if you had the four yeah. pins in there and it wasn't totally light out right. there's no way i could see them it, it, so, they just they make it they make it so nice i mean i like since yeah. i've been shooting a one pin i just i love it I, really I know do. I'd yeah. be struggling. I need these to yeah, see my well, screen Hey, Clay, like, I'm not, I'm, trust me, I'm not. We're not sponsored by these guys, but I got these things. I'm gonna try them. Yep. This Lyman iPal, or I got the the other thing too, like for bow and everything here. I'm, I'm gonna try them out on the pistol sights, John. I mean, we're gonna do that videos. I, I maybe make some Toby Keith. I'm not as good as I once was. I'm, I shoot. <laughs> I shoot a good one now, and it makes me look good. You know, I can edit that shit out too. Yeah. You know? Is that? Is that? Hey, is you, that, when we did. One of our first prairie dog hunts, I took some guys from Wisconsin. It was when we were shooting Nikon, and they were from Nikon, and then he brought his dad and his brother. Well, they'd never shot them before, so they probably missed half the, the dogs they shot at. And I put that <laughs> on YouTube. I got – that's one of our highest-watched things. And if you read all the comments, they just – you guys <laughs> suck. You guys need to go back to the ring. <laughs> the, the, one guy, the one guy goes, I killed more Viet, Viet Cong in Vietnam than you guys did prairie oh, wow. dogs. And I'm like – I said, I said, I appreciate your service to our country. I didn't know what else to say. Hey, I, man. I wanted to let the guy know. I said, you understand I edit for, you know, part of my living, and I can make us, like, I said, we show the real thing. I said, it's yeah. part of, it's not about killing everything. It's like we show real. misses, we show everything, because it, it that's the way it is. And if you have yeah, a miss, real. then you're lying. 
or you yeah. haven't hunted long enough. i mean i've done it on a bunch of videos and clay oh. did it on a prey dog video we showed the misses too it's not all of them of course but no if anybody goes out there and tells you like pre oh yeah when i go prey dog shooting i hit like 85 <laughs> percent of them then the hell well, you do there's no way i'll, I'll put it to you this way i'm still editing the yeah. stuff i'm still yeah. editing up the stuff from the selfridge hunt <laughs> i'm trying I'm yeah, we didn't miss too many there but no but i mean it's i didn't get a lot of them on camera so it's it's been difficult but i do have some misses but yeah you guys were pretty good yeah. that day but yeah yeah, it, yeah it's it was, not you don't hit everything most of mine came on like two dogs i like you know john you always get that one that no matter what range of like there's one like at 120 man i think i dumped like 10 rounds at him and missed <laughs> yeah. i finally hit him i'm going to get him i went out there and i couldn't find him he went down the hole so he got the last laugh on me on that one i do have that on video that was yeah, I, I tell people i said if you take an anti-hunter and you take him out and let him shoot a prairie dog he'll be giggling like a spirit. oh man yeah. that's There's, that's the one thing i said i've never um in my older age i'm not shooting many things that i don't eat anymore but i said the prairie dog is one thing that i will go out and light up oh, a couple times a year yeah, absolutely they need to you know they need to be kept in check and it's not like it's not like we're doing damage to them it's not like we're really thinning huh. them out Right, you can never shoot him out. Uh, Eric chimed in, he says he's got five pins, so uh, I'm yeah. guessing that's on his bow. And yeah. Eric's a very good archer, I can tell you that. Uh, yeah, there's like I said, a lot, a lot of guys, like I said, it depends on what they hunt. You know, if you're in a whitetail stand, most of the time, you know, you know when they're going to be coming by. And again, these bows are shooting, um, you know, a lot of them are getting close to 300 feet per second. So when you're shooting at 20 yards versus 30 yards, that, it used to be where you'd be this much of a gap. Now you're talking this much. So you can compensate what we call, we used to say shoot between the gaps or you just, you're just going to aim a little bit. <laughs> we still talk about bull hunting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> so I, I John, Eric, you'd be proud of Eric. Eric, uh, he does a lot of public land hunting and it's a yeah. lot of spot and stock. I mean, he's very handy and he's just as handy with his gun guys. So he does it all. He, he, when he's chiming in here on this, it's I do have a lot of respect for what he says because he probably hunts archery just as much as he does. Well, I think spot and stock to me, um, well, probably because we're mostly muley country. But I, I, honestly, John, one of the problems I have, like, because I'm maybe why I'm not as passionate about archery as you, I just don't have the patience just to sit there and wait <laughs> and be quiet. Everybody's like, well, yeah, we got hunting shacks. Well, yeah, but you can still talk to your buddies. And, and like I said, you see them a thousand yards off and you go put you probably stock couldn't, on them. But... You probably couldn't go predator hunting with me then. No, nah, I can't. Like calling coyotes <laughs> either. I, I just assume if I see one or go, yeah, I calling yeah. coyotes. Well, and, and there's nothing like calling at a coyote. I took my oh. buddy calling New Year's Eve. And I'm like, hey, man, let's go. And he's like, well, just give it a little time. I'm like, well, man, we've been here like five minutes. And I said, all right, let's wait. And sure enough, first coyote ever got right after I, I said, let's do what you want. And it come right over the hill. And, and he, he ended up getting it if you'd have been impatient. So, I mean, that, that's probably why I'm more of a, I'm a rifle hunter. And I'm just, I'm just sitting there quiet. And, well, you know me, I'm a big mouth. I can't shut up. So It's, it's one of those deals. It's like I've learned that, um, you know, and in filming, it's like, that's why I'm going to Wyoming now. I was like, scouting is 90% of it and putting in the time beforehand. Um, because as a school teacher, I don't get an immense amount of time off. And that's what a lot mm -hmm. of people think is like, oh, I love to have your job. You get to hunt all the time. <laughs> well, I My said, wife's I get, a teacher. I know that's not true. I, you don't, yeah. I get to hunt on weekends most of the time and maybe an extra day. So a weekend warrior like everybody, but spend a lot of time scouting to pattern the animals. And then I try to, you know, the best opportunity is like sitting water holes for antelope. 
I've spotted and spooked antelope many times with a bow, and it's not easy. And then when you got a cameraman behind you, it's even tougher. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I, like I said, I think there's no adrenaline rush. It's like I love spotting and stalking an antelope with a rifle because <laughs> it evens it out a little bit. Yeah. So yeah. Go with Scott. I mean, he makes it real easy for you, Scott yeah. Blockmeyer. Yeah. Antelope are definitely uh, having an advantage over it. They can run fast and. Their eyes are like four power binoculars, it seems. Yeah, and it's and it's the same like when we go out to eastern Montana and we hunt we, we got a lot of these places that we hunt are big areas where you spend and when we hunted the uh, standing rock, you know, we'd walk eight to twelve miles a day and you just go from um, vantage point to vantage point and glass and glass and glass and then and then you make your move, you know. And and I love doing that. I love getting out there and it doesn't like I said, it's kind of funny how you can spend all day when it's zero degrees out there just moving. Yeah. Um, and it's like, so, so have, you ever, have you ever got a, have you ever got a muley with your bow out of a blind? Nope. And that's the thing. I have never shot a mule deer with my bow. I've never, hmm. I spot and stocked one, one time and I got, it was probably a, probably in the one sixties. Mm-hmm. I got within 12 yards, but I was not educated on how, what to do. And I tried to get them to get up. I did everything from bleat, moo, yell, whatever. <laughs> and then finally he just turned his head and then he took off. And so yeah. that's my goal this year is I got a tag for down um, south and I'm going to try to spot sock a, a mule deer. The one I got that I told you, um, the what busted me, John, is I had it down. I was going to get this big three by three. And from where I first seen them before I start, um, started my stock, there was two just like some little dinks, some forks down there. Like they had them out like little sentries out in front. And I'm like, yeah. I know where I'm coming around you guys out here, you know, and I'm like, yep. all right, man, I'm like 35 yards and I crawled up like another five and I looked down and sure enough, there are them two dinks were standing there looking at me. I'm like, oh no. And that's when I looked up and well, then I told you they all got up and ended up shooting the one I didn't want to, but I mean, I'm still happy with him. He's hanging in my garage, but yeah, yeah it, it was, man, it's uh, I love that spot. I actually like that spot in Stockland. And I, I mean, like I, I said, most of the time we kill them, it's, it's with the rifles. It's the same thing. I got a video from rifle season. My buddy Rob got his biggest muley ever. Of course, um, <laughs> we don't got the nice cameras you got. I got a real cheap one, so I couldn't focus in on the deer when he got it because the grass was screwing up yeah. the, the focus. But, I mean, you can hear it hit him and uh, all the other stuff from that I got. It, it was pretty cool, man. He was he was pretty happy with the video. And, and that's a fun thing about, what, you know, when we started doing this is that we um, – when I look back at when our, our first shows, we weren't very good behind the camera. I mean, or excuse me, in front of the camera. Like I look at our first intros and stuff and it was kind of pretty hokey, but we were always good at filming. We always got good footage um, of the impacts and things like that. And, and it's fun as I've gotten, you know, I've learned to do all this on YouTube and just doing it. It's fun telling the story. It's fun when you get yeah. out there and you get all the stuff and you get to lay it out. And like I said, I always said, Worst case scenario, if no one watched our show when we were old, we could laugh about it and watch it. And <laughs> we just got lucky, and it was um, um, it's kind of snowball for us. We actually got our numbers the other day, and we actually beat out a couple of the four o'clock and five o'clock news. Um, awesome, you know, man! You know, so it, it, well, I try it, and it, catch it all the time. Yeah, it's just one of those deals. I'm I'm getting older; it's getting harder because Kurt and Jason like to fish a lot, and so they're kind of backing off on the hunting. And <laughs> well, if you get tired of hunting, man, I'm always around. I'm, I, I don't know how many years I got left in me as far as not hunting. I love hunting, but it's the, all the work that goes into putting the show together. Like you said, people don't have a clue, do they? You know, no, people don't. Cause like I said, you do a show and it takes me 10 to 12 hours just to 
to kind of get it all laid out and then you got to come back to it. And it's like, it, there's everything. It's like getting the music. You got to pay for the music. There's all these things that um, a guy yeah, doesn't there's understand. There's I mean, a, lot a lot of hours of, that go into a 15 It's a lot for being segment. clay and we're not nearly as big as you. So I mean, no. we, we trust like said, me. If, we, if you guys ever need any help on some of that stuff, just let me know because I can, I can help you and teach you a few things with like Photoshop and some of these programs to put your logos in to make them a little cleaner and a little nicer. And if looking for sponsors, like I said, you just it's just hustling and one of the things you guys should do since you guys are gun nuts is you got to get to that got to get an invite to the shot show uh we've got one pretty much whenever we want to yeah. go and then you, so. you just go what you learn when you go to those shows is you don't ask for anything you just make them remember you you make the contacts and well, yeah, i can and, do that yep and that's the thing because <laughs> then because they get guys that drop off proposal after proposal after Oh, I'm sure. And I'm all about the relationship that Black Cowboy hat doesn't hurt. And you roll in there and people remember, I'm Jim Shockey Jr. So, <laughs> yeah. And uh, you just meet these people and be gracious and be nice to them. And then I follow up a couple weeks later with a phone call. Um, I'm not a big email guy. I like to get a hold of them on the phone because they all give out their business cards. And, and like I said, it's it's worked over the years. And I always tell people we're not the A team, but we are the superstars of the B team. I said we will go. we will go up against anybody on that A team. We're not going to beat them, but we'll give them a run for our money. And we have the reputation with Hoyt, um, Kenneth. Oh, you guys are real, Spike. man. That's people like yeah, that. They well, know who we are, and we'll same thing we have. Yeah, we'll get phone calls back from them. It's just that relationship. I mean, we we didn't go after sponsors at first because well, a we were new, but you know we're we got our numbers now on stuff too, and you know what. We're evidently well, yeah. getting a, a local following, which is great, and uh, so we'll probably start pursuing it. But we've been pretty, pretty doing pretty good as far as for as young as we are for a show, I guess. Really, oh, our yeah. equipment is, and then and, yeah, and our equipment is minimal. <laughs> no, you guys, you guys do. You guys are professional as they get, and you got you, you guys are both articulate. Mm. There's not a lot Thank of ahs and ums, and you're doing good. And the guys just got to reach out to some of these other podcasts and yep. um, see if you can get on. You know, like I said, get that. And again, it's like. Uh, you get on these podcasts and get your name out there, and that's the thing. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's amazing how things can fly. Well, Clay, check that out, man. If we can get on with these guys, I'm, I'm, I'm totally cool with that. I'm pretty yeah. sure we can, as long as we can uh, make the good connections. That's the big thing with the, is the connection. Um, I have a lot of problems sometimes with the internet here. We may have to do it on your side of it, or maybe I'll have to come up there, Jamie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, we're doing yeah. good tonight, mm -hmm. but uh, Starlink, I'm telling you. It's Come great on, when Elon. it works. Get a bigger when it works, it's brother. great. But when it doesn't, it it really yeah. sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember the days of that that. Oh, oh man, dial up, dial up, dial up. Dial up. Oh my god! Wouldn't kids go Painful. crazy today? Oh <laughs> so, my gosh! Hey, I just want to put this out here, Gene Cox. So, hey, JD, I haven't bow hunted in 25 years. My PSE Polaris and aluminum arrows now are primitive. <laughs> oh yeah, damn right they are. You know, and that's it's funny because it bows have come you know because i used to shoot psc and things have just come so far with the hand shock the vibration just right. the smoothness um, the let off everything it's like there was bows back then that went 280 feet you know 300 feet it's hard to get faster than that because it's just engineering you just can't do it well, Botex got what three one? That's three fifty, I think, right around yeah, three. And Hoyt, I think Hoyt's turbo is like three fifty. But again, you're juicing up your arrows, lightening them right. up, and stuff. So and do, again, they get, 
Do they get less accurate, John, with the, with the higher speeds like that or well, not? They're less forgiving because you're looking at, if you look at from your riser to your string, that's called your brace height. And like my bow is probably six and three quarters to seven because I'm shooting a longer axle. When you get to that speed bow, you're getting down to five. Um, but again, bows have come a long way, so they're getting, um, you know, easier to shoot and better to shoot. But again, I always tell people the faster the bow is, just the faster I miss them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, know? yeah and, and I you, think, you, you think about it um the only good thing about a fastball and this is just my opinion is that your pin gap is smaller so you get margin of error but mm -hmm. the speed of sound is what 800 feet per second um whatever so the quieter your bow the less chance Better. you have of that animal moving if you shoot a loud bow which a lot of times speed bows are a little louder because they're packing a more punch yeah crossbows are freaking noisy man and my crossbow goes yep. loud and they hear that sound and what that animal is doing and people say they duck the string they're not ducking the string they're just loading because when you run you drop to the ground and i've shot at a couple animals now that, that 32 yards in a bean field with his head down grazing and i shot and he dropped where his belly hit the ground and I missed him by a foot over back. And if you put Dang. it in slow motion on the camera on TV, I would have hit him right behind the front shoulder, but he dropped that fast wow. shooting 280 feet per second. But again, it's just amazing how an animal has a, a will or an instinct to stay alive. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you what guys, uh, we're coming up on almost two hours. Yeah. Hey, yeah, we set the record, John. We set the record. What's that? I said I appreciate it. this oh. was a blast. Yeah, no, oh, I yeah, appreciate it. It went fast too because I guarantee we could be on here for four. I, so I always tell Bachmeyer, I said he needs a longer show. I said one hour is too short. Oh, hey, you get Scotty on here. We get all get the old uh, four amigos here. I've been doing his show as long as you know, like I said it's been 20 years. I think him too. Oh, yeah. He started well, at the same I'd, time for about I try 10 and catch years him every Saturday. I did a lot of I'm on with him this Saturday, actually. Are you? Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, we, we had talked about it because we were going to talk about that farm subsidy and how they're talking about mm. want to tie that with yeah. hunting rights. And yeah, yeah, well, I'm, I might depending on the weather. I'm supposed to take some friends out. They got some new rifles and they're going uh, to hunt caribou in Alaska. So we're, we're maybe going out to our sponsor there, Axel Hondo, out to the Rock Range. They want to zero their rifles in, and one of them's got a new seven mm PRC. So hopefully it doesn't rain. I looked at the forecast today. I'm like, oh man, yeah. please. Oh, What's Sunday looking like? On, good, I know we were good. talking we're about coming up. Yeah, we're, we're good for Sunday. Same thing going right. to Wyoming and Montana to set up for antelope. I don't need rain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, all right. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, like I said, uh, we're probably coming up on two hours. I think we're going to probably put a wrap on this. So yeah. why don't you tell us, uh, Ultimate Outdoor Adventure TV, when can we catch you and where at? Well, we're going to start airing again October 8th uh here and we'll be on nbc everything on in western north dakota from jamestown all the way out to montana so the nbc affiliates west dakota fox and me tv um it's kind of various times they're gonna because of football we get preempted until <laughs> november and then we're back on saturdays at five all right or you can catch us in the morning at uh, uh i want to say it's like 6 30 in the morning and eight and then i try to dump things on youtube and then we also stream on keys outdoors on roku so do they have you streaming on kfyr plus yet no i'm gonna i'm gonna vis be visiting with um barry we've talked about that i said i would like to somehow syndicate the show with all the old shows that we have like 10 years mm -hmm. plus of hd that 
Uh, awesome, man. That'd be I great. know that uh, we're on there on Mondays, and yeah, that's turning into be kind of a, a good I deal. I keep trying to get a camera from JR, but it ain't yeah. working. Yeah, well, we're gonna have a shoot off between Todd Mitchell and Jay Dillon, so that'll be some fun. Yeah, <laughs> that would be entertaining, <laughs> but. All right, guys. Well, there you go. John Armand, thanks for joining us. We're going to have to do this again. Appreciate yep. it. It was a great Anytime, show. guys. Thank you so much. And, uh, thank I want you, to thank John. everybody this for the awesome, questions. Uh, we didn't get everybody's in here, but we got most of them. So thanks for chiming in here. And we'll catch you, everybody, next next week. Well, no, no Clay. Well, actually, actually if tomorrow. You didn't, <laughs> if you didn't get enough of us, tomorrow morning, KFIR 550 AM. That's right. 740 Mountain, 840 Central. We're going to be on with Todd Mitchell, Mitchell in the morning. And we're going to talk Clay. We got a guy, you got a dispute with his neighbor, and guess what? Uh, President Biden said you can't own a cannon. Well, this guy lives in New York. He had a cannon, and he used it on his neighbor's property oh, yeah. here. We got it's to see an what interesting that story. This is going to be a good one. David Hogg, he, he um, you know, oh, yeah. Mr. Big, uh, we got to take your guns away. Uh, he wimped out on a, on, a, on a 2A debate with somebody I think a lot of people have heard of. And I uh, mean, I can't. What was the last one we had there? I can't remember what the last one, but those are going to be our first two. Those are two the cannon ones. one's going to be sweet, man, because we're going to hit. Gonna we're going to slap Biden around a little bit with that one. Oh too, yeah, so. got to do that. The cannons you know, are fun too, but remember, you can't own those, right? <laughs> Not supposed to build. Yeah. Oh yeah, you can. <laughs> All right, guys. Hey, John, will you stick around here when we, when we sign off? Okay. Again, thanks everybody. Uh, check out the new website. We had just redesigned it. Uh, we're now on a very patriotic, conservative host. Uh, that's freedom us or freedomhostusa.com check them out they are just fantastic and they're not fighting against us they're fighting with you and they share our values so check it out if you have a website freedomhostusa go to the website of ours which is gunsin701.com our new store is up there we got some great new products by the way one of the new ones guys we got Ronald Reagan good. there well uh get your guns out and get ready yeah and he says uh <laughs> He still hates commies, and now all they did was just change their name to liberals. So that's our new uh, that's our new guns of the seven hundred one design. So, yeah. right. well, we're look, hey, we're looking forward to getting on talking some uh, bow hunting with Ray's hunting too. Yeah, Absolutely. I will get that set up for you guys. So, and by the way, don't don't forget to check out Ultimate Outdoor Adventure Television, guys. Thanks again, John. And Thank until you. please talk to you again on the live streams. Keep your powder dry. Take care, everybody.